All right, welcome back to Off the Rails. This is episode number 23, and with us we have one-third of the Drunk Uncles of White Sox Twitter, host of the one from the 108 podcast, Mr. Beefloaf. How's it going? Gems? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? I'm a little sweaty right now. It's a little warm in Chicago, <laughs> and we have sort of all the windows and things open, and I was upstairs doing some dishes, and then I came down here, I turned the ring light on, and I'm like, I look like hell right now. I look like I, I, you know, I'm all red and sweating, and it looks like I'm going into cardiac arrest, but I, I, I'll let you guys know I'm actually doing great. I'm fine. I'm thrilled to be on your show, and it, it works perfectly with the timing. Because the 108 podcast is on hiatus for a couple weeks, and I'm just getting fired up for opening day, so loving to talk to you guys. It also works out well that the White Sox are in the Pacific time zone and don't play till tomorrow, essentially. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. That was my one yeah. qualifier. I was like, as long as we can get done by the time the game is going to start, so I could watch it and then in the fourth inning fall asleep on my head. <laughs> That's exactly what I did last night. I fell asleep. I think in the. I think I think Rodon was still in when I fell asleep, so I had to be the fifth inning. That's. Yeah, that's a, I, so I live I live in Colorado, so I'm a little bit behind both y'all. And uh, yeah, it's but yeah we get some weird game times. You're like, okay, like I like I didn't I wasn't planning on staying up till you know seven o'clock in the afternoon. But no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> just joking. No, uh, no, no games games end way too early or start way too late for me because I grew up on the East Coast, mostly yeah. being a military brat. But like, so like I still call them like the eleven o'clock games. Uh, for football and my wife's like they're the one o'clock games and i'm like uh or the no vice versa sorry one o'clock games and then i'm like she's like they're the 11 o'clock games and i'm like whatever the central yeah. time zone is the best because their times make the most sense like football games start at noon why yeah. are you starting them at one o'clock it's noon <laughs> makes sense makes sense i remember my old man telling me i but we're you know, we've watched football since I was a little kid. I, I was seven years old when the when the Bears won the Super Bowl in the, 80, the 85 season. So, like, I have that one good team ingrained in my brain, and 35 years later, it's been nothing but pain and suffering. I know I'm talking to two Lions fans. I don't want to rub that part in so much. Yeah, yeah. But, my, but I remember having a conversation, like, a year or two ago with my old man, and he's like, you know, they used to have, you know, noon starts and 1 o'clock starts. And I'm like, really? And so I went back in football reference, and sure enough, it was so weird. They had, like – Basically, a central one o'clock start. So they would be a East Coast one and a central one. So the game, like the Bears game, would start and you would have first quarter scores in the games on the East Coast. It was bizarre. I'm glad they changed it now yeah. where it's kind of like blocks. So you're kind of always in the same because that's so weird. Like, I, I, who knew? I guess you, you figure it out over time. You figure out what the best that would That would definitely mess up like fantasy football. A ton. I'd be like, wait, is he starting now? No, no. Oh, in a minute, is he gonna? I, I screw it. I'm just. (laughs) Did you see when they changed from that? Because that I don't. I have 31 years of life, and I don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't remember it at all. And I think it was kind of before I was cognizant. This is like maybe late 70s, early 80s, before I was cognizant of like football going on. And then even when I was a kid watching those teams, like I was just focused on the bears. I knew Monday night football happened and I got to watch like, you know, the first, maybe the first half of Monday night football. Game. And then it was time. Like my parents were pretty lenient about like, let us watch anything and letting us stay up late. But they were like, all right, you do have to go to school tomorrow. So you, that's enough Dan Deardorff for the evening. You, why don't you go, why don't you go to bed? You know, let's uh, it's the time for that. That's the one good thing about, about being in the mountain mountain zone is like my kids can pretty much watch Monday night football if they want to. I mean, they don't, they don't, I got two, I got two teenage, two, two teenage daughters and a three-year-old little dude. So he probably will, 
the older girls are like, no, we'll be on TikTok or whatever that they're doing. They're not actually on TikTok because we don't let them, but they, they hack the system and they go on that like YouTube thing where they have like the YouTube stories that people just repost the TikTok. So they're not technically on TikTok, but they're watching. It's <laughs> being, a parent, being a parent in the technology generation is luckily I know technology, but I'm like, if you're an older parent, like if you're like in the, those, the 50 year olds that have like the 12 year olds, man, you're screwed probably because you don't know how to work technology. <laughs> I've, no, my, I've always said like, oh, my kids aren't going to be able to get away with the shit that I did, but I guess everything's ever changing, so it's probably a lot easier, different than what they get away with now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it'll be some different shit. They're they're into some different things. I know my daughter is is big into playing. She's eleven. She's big into playing Minecraft, and, and you're totally right. It's it's impossible to keep them off of everything. Like she watches YouTube, and like she'll she'll watch Netflix shows with us. Like she's been real into like Riverdale, rewatching Riverdale and stuff like that. I My daughter's like in Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm a fairly, I guess I'm fairly liberal with all the stuff I'll let her see because my parents were like that. Like, yeah. I, my daughter and I, one night, we stayed up late and we watched Heathers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen yeah. Heathers. I mean, like, oh, yeah. a cult classic, but it's a little yeah. scary. There's some some some, uh, some sketchy stuff and there's some dark humor. But, you know, I, I just sort of feel like I, if they're watching it with me, if she's watching with me, she can ask yeah. questions, understand or see which parts dad's laughing at, and then she'll know that's the funny dark humor. Well, it's funny because it's funny that you say that because we actually, uh, so we'll do a draft later on. We've already talked about it, but we had a draft with, uh, I believe it was Matt Hires we did the movie one with, right? Matt Hires? Yeah. So, so we did one 90s movies, and uh, we found out during that podcast that uh, my mom bought me uh, Major League Baseball because she, she thought I was, she thought I was like literally, like, she was like, oh, it's baseball. He loves baseball. At like five, she let me watch Major League by myself. Yes. And, <laughs> and then Jim is traumatized by dinosaurs because he watched uh, Jurassic Park when he was like three. Oh. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> My mom came home from like the video store, family video or whatever it was then, and was like, hey, I got a dinosaur movie. And I was like, this is awesome. I love Land Before Time. That was not <laughs> Land Before Time. And I was off dinosaurs for probably I'm still probably off dinosaurs. <laughs> That'll... <laughs> That'll definitely do it. I love that. Gems, you're ruined on dinosaurs. And Tone, anytime you hear the, Renee, the name Rene Russo, you get an erection. I assume that's, that's kind of how you guys have to roll now. That's, ac- that, that's, that's accurate. I mean, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Crown Affair works too. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just stuck with Absolutely. me. Probably like, Rocky and Bullwinkle, does that do it for you? <laughs> not, quite, not quite. Not quite. But, you, know, you know, that's also where I think of like all of those people though from. Like, it's funny. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, you know, you got. Charlie Sheen's from this, and I'm like, no, nah, Charlie Sheen's the pitcher in Major League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard to weird, weird to see him when he's like when he was doing that Tiger Blood stuff. You know, you're like, hey, come on, calm down, man. Just go through, just go through the heat, man. Come on. <laughs> I never heard much about him for a while since he said he had AIDS. I think he's dead. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard much from him either. Like he pop up occasionally. I feel like he was in a commercial semi-recently that i was like oh what's what's this guy doing here but like he's old too like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. you're like at a certain point it's like you're not the cool guy anymore yeah. you're just another old guy so, well, you know? his, his brother's back so yeah yeah, back. yeah, lo, lo, yeah low-key those two have made two of the best sports movies ever major league and mighty ducks oh there's no question i mean I, i'm a big fan of charlie sheen going back to like <laughs> wall street i love the the movie raw because it's like total 80s excess and it's like, you know, gambling in the stock market and cheating. And there's all kinds of goofy shit going on in that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, Gems has no clue what you're talking about because he's like 12. But 
Gems, is like a, Gems is a young buck. I think last episode we we were literally talking, and I was like, I said something. Oh, oh, we did. Um, what was the number one song the the when you were born? So, because like my family's like music nerds, and so like my daughter, we had this like, hey, hey, there, Delilah. They're a Chicago band, by the way. Um, uh, uh, we did, that was like the song of the the year my or the week my daughter was born, and then Gems looked his up, and he was like, it was like Michael Bolton, like take your breath away, and like. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, like nothing compares to you. And I was like, you are so young. I was like, I remember that. I was like nine. <laughs> yeah. So Gems is the young one. <laughs> sorry, Gems. Old. It's all right. <laughs> I was chasing around a bunch of six and under T-ballers about an hour ago. So I feel I mean, that's, the, that's the kind of shit that will keep you young though, man. Chasing around those kids. I, uh, before the pre pandemic, my, my daughter, I said, my daughter's 11. She's about the age where she uh, she's been playing basketball for a couple of years now, and so I've been coaching her. And I'm like, I'm you know fat old sweaty guy. Now I did play basketball in my past. I played yeah. uh, high school ball here in Chicago, but now we're fast forward. It's 25 years later. I'm just a fat old sweaty guy chasing around these you know nine ten year old kids and trying to show them here here's how you pass and I do all this stuff. But I felt great anytime I have a practice. I'm like only an hour. I'm moving yeah. around with these kids and I'm showing them a few things. I'm like, oh, that's that's my exercise for the week. It's crazy too, because like my daughter, my my youngest daughter, my youngest teenage daughter, she uh she plays basketball. She's been playing basketball for like five years now. So she plays on like two AAU teams and she like plays nice. with school. So she's like constantly gone. But like I mean, that's most of the coaches. Most of the coaches are like our age and they're yeah. like they're like dudes that used to play, you know. So it's like it's a, it's pretty much it's kind of funny. Like you walk in, you're like these might as well just be the same two teams. But <laughs> just like, right. you know, just look like the same, same thing. Every now and then you'll get like a woman coach. You'll see a woman coach. And, but like, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's always like dudes our age, like <laughs> just coaching their, coaching their daughter. <laughs> it's time to pass on that knowledge, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got to, got to give it to someone, you know? No, my son was speaking of T-ball. We just signed my uh, three-year-old up for uh T-ball again. So this will be a second season playing. So oh, nice. Yeah. They started so, young in Colorado. I think it was well, like, the yeah. cutoff was four here for. Uh, oh wow! There. Well, well, so he he played an indoor league because uh, Colorado is snowy. So we they did had an indoor league, and now he's going to play outdoor league for the first time. So, but he's been hitting oh, off cool. a tee since before he could walk. So, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of how we roll. He's ahead of the he's ahead of the class right now. Yeah. He's we, have a, we have a batting cage in our basement, so at that. Oh, nice! Time. Wow, that's impressive. I built him a batting cage in our basement because he hits too hard off the tee. So I had a tee with like wiffle balls. Okay. Uh, so he would just hit and hit and hit, and then he started smashing the walls. And my wife was like, "He's gonna put a hole in the wall, so you have to move downstairs." So now, non-fish basement, we have a little batting cage because he hits too hard. <laughs> that's excellent. You're doing good things with him, Tone. Other than, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Other than the name, you're doing great. Sure. I mean, it's well. He loves baseball though. Ever since, right. which is, I mean, we all know because we're huge baseball fans. I know baseball catches a bad rap from other sports fans that aren't baseball fans, but baseball is like the greatest sport. I mean, hands down. Well, but. and I, I think if you na- if your name is Ryan, you have to be good at baseball. Like, and he, I had one on my college team. His name was Ryan. He was good. Well, I mean, well, most likely if your if your parents are naming you after a baseball player, they're like maybe like funneling you that way <laughs> <laughs> you're being slightly predisposed to yeah, this uh vocation here if i name my kid Deion sanders he's probably gonna play both sports no just kidding i'm just kidding. Right. Uh, if no. if i ever have a boy i'm naming him yearman so then he's just yes. he's <laughs> what a legend he already is i i 
I just man, like uh, with our one hundred eight stuff. We really loved Daniel Palka, and then that shit just didn't work out. He had that one year where it was, you know, like, oh, he's hit a bunch of home runs or whatever. Yerman would be a nice thing to work out for a, a Southside team, to have a chubby guy like that who's fun, who is hitting for a high average, and just sort of like he just gets up there and, t- and takes the bat and, and whacks. That's all he does. Like, he, he's just just the hitter guy. The, the only thing that would be better with him, though, is if he was in right field. So he can be close to us. Yeah, exactly. Right. If we, we, I, we need to be able to smell a Yerman. That, that to fully ingest the entire experience, we need to get like a little whiff in, in right field of him. There's no question. I just Daniel Paca, oh, Paca will pop up on my Twitter and stuff, and I just I miss him from that one year, not the second year, but the first yeah, year. Yeah, not just, the second year. I wanted him so bad just to be good because he was hilarious. He did that. He did like three episodes of a podcast with White Sox Dave, and that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he went on he went on some MLB show and told them that he was a McDonald's All-American. And they <laughs> fucking believed it. And then it was like someone went in the Wikipedia and changed it and put him in there. And then and then he <laughs> let everyone in on the joke later. But it's like that's you, you need fun guys like that in baseball. Yeah. Like like we were saying, like baseball gets a bad rap because it doesn't have enough of that goofy shit that people are just like, whoa, what the hell is this? You know, and 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 Yerman could be a guy like that. Definitely. Baseball get baseball also has like all of the weirdest like uh, stories too because like it doesn't take it's like the only like major sport like football I feel like you could probably make it if you're a smaller dude but it's still like kind of weird most of the dudes I mean you kind of have to have a little physical gifts as far as being like the right size F- basketball for sure like I mean but baseball like there's legit dudes that are like all of us that you can see playing I mean. I was watching the Cubs game yesterday, and um, uh, now his name's totally spl- slipping my mind. Eric um, Sogard. So- Sogard, yeah, and he's like, he like looks like an accountant, dude. Just looks like somebody's accountant. He <laughs> looks like he should be at H and R Block doing my taxes tomorrow when I go. Like, Have you seen Nick Madrigal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's tiny. He's a tiny yeah. guy, and it's funny. Like we, I, I'm a full season ticket holder. Before the COVID thing went, they had a, a thing at the sort of at the beginning of 2020 where we always call it White Sox prom. It's like a meet and greet, uh, like the season ticket holders get to go to, and it's like in a ballroom and stuff, and the players are there. So if you want to get autographs or just talk to them or whatever. I, I, me, personally, I don't care about getting autographs, but like just standing around some of these guys, like you don't realize how short Andrew Vaughn is. I'm you like, know, Andrew Vaughn, uh, he ain't no 5'9". He's, I mean, he got he got some thick legs, like, you know, but he's he's maybe 5'8"-ish. Uh, you know, like, isn't he listed at like six foot, though? Yeah, yeah, he's but he's not uh and and magical small and then some of these guys are gigantic like uh Nomar Mazara, I mean not on the team anymore as he was horrible, but hey, he was at this thing and it's like this guy is like seven feet tall. This guy should be center for the bulls. What the hell? Like, what, like so you you totally like can't you can't tell until you're like right there by them and you're like, holy shit, yeah, this guy or Jose Abreu is another guy who's gigantic, like big shoulders and, and kind of a scary guy, you know. It's fun. It is funny how how the sizing difference. I mean, I growing up in Virginia, like I I met Allen Iverson. That's why, like, I, I'll still to this day be like, Allen Iverson was probably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I know he doesn't get his due. Yep. That dude's legit, like five ten, like <laughs> legit five ten. Like, I mean, I'm six foot tall and he's shorter than me. And I was like, he's listed at like six foot, but they not a chance he's six foot. And I'm five ten is probably being generous. <laughs> 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 so yeah, he's a yeah he's a, but. Yeah, the, it's funny how they don't just don't build these people properly, and then like you see it with the NFL too because they do the combine and they're like, "This guy's only six foot and three fourths of a quarter of an inch." If he was six one, and you're like, "The quarter of an inch really matters." Like, <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing? Put some, here? Put some lifts in your shoes. You get that. Yeah, for sure. 
just like I, I feel like they do that with baseball too a little bit like they're like oh he's got the prototypical size but then like some of those dudes just don't i mean some of the weirdest dudes like look at randy johnson you, that guy's prototypical size to do nothing but probably play basketball <laughs> like in the 80s well <laughs> like, randy johnson is why as a kid i was super excited about john rouch he was like six foot 11 in the yeah. minor league system and then he did nothing <laughs> he was like a top five overall in baseball rated prospect. And then yeah, you're right. right. He, he just did nothing. Like <laughs> Seattle, Seattle did that with, uh, they drafted uh, Ryan Anderson too. He was a tall, like six eleven dude. He might be the guy from Notre Dame. That was their closer. The, Notre Dame had a giant that ended up getting drafted. I was going to say, I think, I think Ryan Anderson came straight out of high school. I think Maybe. he was, he was from the Detroit, Detroit area. So, okay. Yeah. But I was like, but it was like that thing. I was like, Randy Johnson was dominating. So people were like, let's get all the tall guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll get them all in the workout. Well, I think if you're an athlete and you're like average or short, you have to add inches to your height. Like I went to a junior, I went to a junior college out in Aurora and uh, our coach was like, all right, I need your heights and weights. So I was like, I'm 5'10". I was like, uh, 6'2", 200 pounds. <laughs> you are like 5'10", 170. <laughs> I was like, all right, 5'11", 185. Gems was also from, uh, uh, like where he was born was also uh, places unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Had a little little mystery to it. I can remember doing that when I played high school basketball here in in Chicago, except I did it in the other direction, Gems, because I was like one of the fattest guys on the team. So I'm like, you know what? I'm only 190 pounds. I'm not uh, 215 like I I really actually am. So, you know, I kind of went in the other direction with all that. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't blame you. I mean, that's. A, I, I've always been like a little bit heavier, and then like, but like, I'm like, I'm a normal six foot normal height, I guess. But like, I mean, but it's funny too because like I pitched. Jim's pitched. I, did, what what position did you play when you when you were playing? Oh, I I didn't play in high school, but like when I was playing, uh, you know, pony league or rec league or whatever. And when I was younger, I played shortstop, and then when as I got older, I caught. And so catching was fine for me. I even though I'm six two, like I. But I, I had terrible technique. Like I didn't know how to block a ball or anything, but I was like a fucking octopus. I could reach everything. Yeah. So I just catch it on the short hop. No one's throwing that hard, right? It was point league, the hardest guy is throwing maybe in the high 70s. So who gives a shit? I could I could scoop that thing. And I had no arm whatsoever. Uh, so like I could throw the I could get up out of my stance and throw it as hard as I could. And it would be the exact same speed as if I caught the ball, dropped to my knees, and just short armed it out to the base. So that's what I did because I had no arm whatsoever to speak of. But I loved catching because you're involved in every play. So yeah. it's like I'm paying attention here. Like out in the field get boring. Like I'm just like you're standing around in right field or left field or something like that. It's like that's <laughs> why so I could I couldn't play those ones. <laughs> and, and, the, and the worst part about the outfield is like the fact that like you have to be on every every play because if that ball gets hit to you, it gets on you so fast that like you can make a mistake. You have so much ground to cover. You're like, man, screw shit. I got see. I played catcher, but we're like I said earlier, we're both lefties. I played catcher all the way up through my junior year of high school. Oh wow! Okay, I had a, I had a one nine pop time. I oh like, shit! So, so I, I had I had an arm, and then I was at a, I've told the story, but uh, I was at Michigan State a Michigan State camp, and uh, we were doing drills, and the coach came over and he like watched me like three reps, and he was like. So you're really good. He's like, you look weird doing it, but he's like, he's like, man, he's like, uh, he's like, we we'll definitely like probably want to talk to you afterwards. Like kind of get you like, uh, you know, coach up and see where, like where your thoughts are to go to college. And I was like, Oh cool. And then he like, he looked at my glove and he was like, you're a lefty. And he was like, go over and see the pitching coach. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then I started pitching and I, I topped out at 91, but oh, I mean, damn. 
Yeah, and then I blew tore my arm off the bone twice, but then you know, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know, that kind of sucks. But, but but catching was always my catching and shortstop was were my positions. Those were I just always had the strongest arm and I always had was athletic enough to make the play properly. Even even though you were the, the opposite uh handedness. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like I was like the Javi Baez, like I did like spins and shit. Like I throw the ball, I'd catch it off like the one and then flip it over my back and then catch it mid throw and like throw it. Uh, I mean, that's excellent. My first game ever, this is like totally bragging, but my first game ever, my first T ball game ever, they traded me teams because the other team didn't have enough players. Yep. And I turned a triple play in the first game. <laughs> that like, coach was like, damn it, I can't believe I did that. I was stupid. Like a legit triple play. Like I fielded a shortstop, tagged the dude out, went to second base, tagged it, threw it over to first base. The first baseman missed the ball. I ran over and grabbed the ball and tagged first base before the kid got there. Turned a legit triple tra- triple play by myself. I, instead of having your Twitter bio that says co-host of Off the Rails or producer yeah. of Man Pod, I think you just need to delete all of that and just put turn to triple play, play first game of T-ball. I mean, and the best part is it was in Iceland because we were military brats. So, like, uh, it made, like, the, the local news. <laughs> like, they actually had video of it because there was nothing else going on. So, oh, that's you got to cut that clip and put it yeah. up on Twitter. And, you and, I some, on and my parents are so great that I just somehow have no video of it. I was like, you oh. made the, it made the news. Like, what are you the, doing? The that's reaction you just had, I've had countless yeah. times when he'll he'll start telling a story out there. <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, my dad got off Air Force One and then blah, blah. I was like, what in the fuck did you just say? <laughs> the Iceland shit, I was like, wait a minute. The, it was yeah. like record scratch in my head. What do you yeah. mean you're playing in Iceland? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it really made me mad though, because my dad played like really competitive softball over there. And like okay. he made like the he made like the play of the day like seven times. We got all of those on video. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? I was like, why is it why isn't my unassisted triple play on there? <laughs> Your dad was jealous. He's, he's like, well, we're not, we're not hanging on to <laughs> <laughs> right now, yeah, <laughs> you know it is what it is, though. Yeah, Tone, you you like you design all our logos and stuff yeah. for the network and everything. Dissect that logo over Beef Loaf Shoulder, the one hundred eight one. I love it. The more you look at it, the more like you see stuff. That one, yeah. This guy well, right here. Well, I yeah. notice it. So obviously, it's a bat slash beer bottle. Yep, that's right. I'm assuming I and I'm not local, so I'm assuming that star thing is some sort of local beer. Is maybe? that like the Chicago Star? Uh, you know what? I'll have to ask uh, my sock summer who, who created the original logo. I know most of his thing was because he's a graphic designer. Is like, all right, we're gonna make this logo. It's gonna look like the socks Batterman, but we got to yeah. change enough things so they won't sue our balls off when, <laughs> if they, you know, if we get big enough and they know who we yeah. are. Which now we're at the point where we're big enough and they know who we are, but uh, they wouldn't. They 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 like what we do, so that's not. There's like a there's a friendship there. So we're which is a nice thing. It. Which is a nice thing in baseball because for the longest time baseball shoot themselves in the foot by not letting people like share video and all that. I'm like, <laughs> my exactly. guys, what are we doing, man? Like, just let people share the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, no, but I, I actually was looking at it earlier, and then obviously the 108. I'm assuming section 108 for you guys. That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the section that we sit in. That's where our, our season tickets are at. So oh, yeah, so I like it. I think have have they upped the prices in that section now that you guys are uh, advertising it? You know what's funny is for a long time that section or or like the corners, lower corners like that, because we're right behind the right field foul pole. For those sections. For ten vouchers, it's three hundred four. I just looked today. I was sitting in my car, lunch, <laughs> looking up. Uh, <laughs> to see. Yeah, 
Yeah, for the for those sections, they were the, always the cheapest on the lower bowl. Like it was the cheapest spot you could sit, and mm-hmm. that's kind of why we ended up there. Treasy E and I, who that's that's my brother. He's part of the power trio that makes up the from the one away crew. <laughs> With uh, yourself, the beef loaf. I'm the body. Uh, my sock summer. He's the face, and Treasy E is the brains. <laughs> Uh, and and so Treasy and I were brothers. We were playing some Sunday softball leagues, and we were like, "Oh man, you know, uh, drinking this hard on Sunday is really killing us. We gotta we gotta scale back." So what we're gonna do is get season tickets for the Sox, and we'll just drink at the ballpark, and then we can walk home. We don't have to worry about playing <laughs> athletics around this. And uh, when we were first looking, we we're like, "Oh, this section's the cheapest." So that was what drew us there. And then once we got the seats for a little while, and this was 2008 when we first got our seats. You know, we know enough people Bridgeport area because we both grew up in Bridgeport, which is right by the ballpark, and then a lot of Sox fans from growing up. It would become kind of a meeting place. People would come over there because there'd be empty seats all over the place where we're sitting. It's not like one of the best seats in the stadium. It's kind of a shitty seat because you're in the corner and you got the foul pole in front of you and everything. So it was a place you could start to congregate. And so we once that started happening, and this was way before we ever did any of the blog or the podcast or, or the Sunday Soak or any of that stuff, we were like, we will never move our seats because this is a great place for people to just kind of hang out. Over the years, though, as it starts getting more and more known, more people would buy in those sections. And I had people telling me when the single games, obviously, we're, we're sort of, uh, you know, at this point with COVID, <clears throat> there's less seats. But people were trying to buy into season tickets. And they were saying that they had 108 blocked off. They weren't allowing anyone <laughs> to get new season tickets there. One guy that I know, he asked specifically – of his ticket agents, I know those guys. I want to sit, and then these guys are like, "Okay, well, we'll we'll see what we can do," and got them in there. But that kind of blocked off. I have a theory that they're trying to they're waiting until the things rocking and rolling, and then they'll pump up those 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 full, those uh, single game tickets. And, you know, so it'll be like, "Oh, okay, you want to sit here now? It's double the price." Or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, hope we, yeah. I hope Brooks Boyer gives us a cut because I think we deserve. I mean, they should just like they should put a, like a legit like banner. You guys should get like a banner out there. Like it should be like a free ad. <laughs> the podcast it should be well i mean we would love that obviously <laughs> it was funny when there was like a there was some uh, uh little poll that came out or it was like a s- small study that was basically saying the Sox fans drink the most out of anyone and we did, we talked about it on our podcast and we re- when you read the fine print it's like yeah they only surveyed like 3800 people in the whole country so it's like i don't i don't know how much you want to believe this whole thing but Regardless, there were people on Twitter saying the Sox should hang a banner in 108 for our drinking championship. You know, the, the Sox fan drinking <laughs> title over there. So I mean, who knows? Maybe that will go up. I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, there's like championship shirts for that. Like, <laughs> like the national champions in basketball wear. But yeah. yeah but- speaking, of that, speaking of that, we were talking about championship shirts today because I ordered a championship belt today uh, for a bracket tournament that we, as the Iron Ostrich Network, put on that you guys were in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. We, we had a terrible first-round matchup. Yeah. We had the Red Line Radio. By the way, Jens picked that matchup. So just I, I, at, and he's also the one that he's also the one that put you in the tournament. So I, I, pre- I appreciate that, Gems. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. And but we had a terrible matchup, and I love the Red Line Radio guys. But I think I specifically responded, love all these guys, but fuck them. We want to win. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't though. My, my theory on it was like we, we did rank most of the seeds like pretty like dead on to like actual rankings in like the podcast world and listeners and shit like that. But I was like, let's it was like, they were like the four seed. You guys were the 13. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Yeah. So originally they were a little different, but I was like, we need these guys to match up either in the first or second round because they have an actual relationship there and maybe we can get something going. I was thinking more on like the business side. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, if it, if it means anything, we put our own podcast against, uh, pardon my take. So, I mean, we, we, <laughs> yeah, we, that's, we got slaughter oh, too. We got that's a stuff. stiff matchup in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah, the, the Redline Radio guys are great. We actually, we've done a bunch of stuff over, over the years with White Sox Dave. And we even actually, we did a, uh, we did a Festivus show this year. And we have Barstool Eddie on. And Barstool Eddie's uh, he's awesome. I, the first time I ever met Barstool Eddie was actually at a Sox game. He was there for some other thing. And the first time I ever met him, he gave me a big hug. Like, that's a that's the kind of nice guy a Barstool Eddie is. Nice. A, a real My buddy guy. met him at, uh, I think it was Four Winds in New Buffalo, the casino, and went up to him and was like, oh, Eddie. And he's like, and this was like probably two years ago. He's like, nobody recognizes me. This is awesome. And then they, they talked <laughs> for a little bit and stuff, and he got a picture with him. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's he's such a sweetheart. Re- really nice guy. And great to see him. Uh, his star is exploding, man. He's, yeah. he's everywhere. He's doing everything. So he's he's awesome. I'm glad for him. Very happy for the guy. That, his podcast, or the Dave Portnoy Show, made a pretty good run in our, I think it was a yeah. Final Four in our tournament. It was a Final Four, yeah. Which the brains behind that tournament that we ran was me. Yes. And, and but I got the idea from the 108 tournament for the most part cuz I seen like oh, everybody looks, yeah, everybody looks forward to that in the White Sox Twitterverse and I just see so many interactions, retweets, all that stuff. I was like we need to do something like that to get our followership up and I was like well, we podcast. So yeah, we did it. Yeah, like, we get we I mean we were we just started the network in what? February uh yeah i mean yeah mid-february yeah probably and we gained 180 followers or almost 200 followers just by doing that tournament that's Uh, a great it's a great way to and it's a great way to kind of engage the group when when we were first doing that this the the 108 tourney is four years old now the first year that we did it like i we put it together and it was like kind of a half-assed idea and my sucks summer and trees. You were like, ah, i fuck that idea i stupid and i was like no let's do this we're gonna do it put it out there and i can remember you know, this is early on. We've been doing a blog for maybe a year and a half or something. And we put that out. We put out in a blog post, that bracket. And I remember putting it out at like 8, <clears throat> 8 a.m. And I go to work. I get to work and I check WordPress. And I'm like, holy shit, this is doing 20x what a normal post would be doing in the first, you know, you know, in, in the first day that it's out. And it's doing that in the first hour. People are really interested in this. And as it went o- over time, you know, it sort of developed its own thing. Like we just sort of got out of the way and let it go. We put a lot of work into like the field and, and how we're going to promote it. And we, we work with a sponsor to make sure that we kind of get the max out of it. And people on Sox Twitter are, are supportive. But what the people who are in the tournament actually do is the real show. I yeah. mean, they're like crazy shit. Like we like uh, King Nam, who's one of our one of our guys, one of our ancillary characters. He's the hot dog, one uh, dollar hot dog eating champ. He got a cameo of uh, Joe Ganascoli from The Sopranos, Vito. And Vito gives this whole thing for like two minutes. He says, White Sox, Twitter, and all this stuff. And he's like backing out of his driveway, and he almost gets clipped by another car. It's like uh, amazing stuff. You know? Another guy got Evan Stone to do one. Like, <laughs> the film like People are just like spraying in all directions to do it and like making their own memes and making their own videos and stuff. And so we kind of just like try to set the matchups to people that we know might go at each other a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go with people that are like friendly, like you're like you're thinking about Jones. Like we're friendly with the barstool guys, so there is a chance we could hurl some dirt at each other because we know each other, right? Yeah. And then sometimes you want to go with the people you know don't fucking like each other <laughs> and yeah. let them kind of meet up in a thing because they may not go with each other, but their groups of people might kind of like start some stuff and have some fun. Luckily for us in the one hundred and eight tourney, like. This past year, people kept it pretty, you know, uh, 
civil. There wasn't a <laughs> I mean in the past there's been some wild shit where we're just like, should we be doing this? Should we be uh, like facilitating this kind of uh, stuff together? Is it is it wild to like turn on the score and hear them talking about your tournament on there? Absolutely insane. Like it's like I, it's hilarious that you that you mentioned that. I'm working during the day, and all of a sudden I'm getting messages, and and, and then like my dad's texting me. He's like, "They're talking about you on the score right now for some reason." Like I'm like, "What the?" And so like then I got to go back and listen. I remember last year when the when the pandemic just hit, there was no sports, and we were doing this. And I get a message at like six thirty in the morning on Friday. It's from Sean Anderson, who's one of the producers at the score. He's like, "Hey." Hey, Beef, would you want to come on the score tonight, like 9 o'clock, and uh, talk 20 minutes about the one-way tourney? And I'm thinking, really? Why? <laughs> but Herb, Herb Lawrence and Rick Camp had me on. And then and then this year, obviously, uh, Chris Tannehill, and they were making it kind of a, a little point to talk. Him and Shane Reardon were making a point to talk about it on the Danny Parkin show. It's just wild. We're, we're just appreciative that people are in on the bit and get it and, and want to have fun with it. Like the Lockdown Sox guys did do a bunch on, on their podcast, and we've gone back and forth a little bit with them. Like, a, you know, kind of a fake uh, beef between us groups, but it's fun stuff. I mean, pe- people seem to really enjoy it. And we, we set it up to line right into White Sox season. So you have that lull, the end of spring training where the games don't mean shit. And it's like, okay, let's let's get everyone together. Let's get everyone on Twitter. And interacting with each other and voting. And I, I remember afterwards, the last day of the tournament's over, we're exhausted because we do like nightly recaps too. We'd switch it off and we, we're doing, you know, a, a breakdown of the whole thing that's happened. And I remember I'm so happy and exhausted the day after the tournament. And people are tweeting, ah, I wish I had something to vote on today. <laughs> that's a good feeling. Yeah, it's, it, and it's fun, too. Like you said, it's fun just to interact with it, too. Like, I mean, I we have, like, seven of us that started this network. And, like, we have, like, a little group chat. And, like, I mean, I'd be at work. And, like, someone would be like, oh, shit, Burt Kreischer just retweeted. Like, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, it, like, exactly. it just went crazy. And then, or, like, uh, Steve-O retweeted one time. We were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is some weird fucking thing that we just have going on but yeah it was fun though but it and we take it serious like that's i mean like you guys obviously took it serious enough you realize we have we're sports fans so we're like brackets are great they're so fun and uh and like so we did a championship belt like i literally like custom championship belt like it's gonna it looks cool i just finalized it it was like this is awesome and we're gonna Bert followed us somehow during this entire thing so i dm'd him today and hopefully he gets back to me and if not i i kind of have corresponded with his producer like um once or twice and so like i'm like i can find a way to get him the belt or whatever but i was like yeah let's just have fun with it let's do do what we can to like make it like a spectacle and have fun with it but yeah like jim said he, he basically we we stole your guys's idea but you know it's, it's everyone's idea at, at this point that kind of thing is anyone's idea and that's everything too like you know in doing content stuff yeah you always got to come up with something new or some different angle that people will get into and you know if you if you like, you did a different twist on it, right? Yeah. And you did a championship belt. Like we don't have a championship belt. I mean, my sock summer did find a, like a wood squirrel that he is sending oh, to shit. Summer George awesome. as, as the trophy. <laughs> and but I mean, like, yeah, there's all, there's like all different layers to do in in anything yeah. like this. And and polls and in uh, in tournaments like that work great because everyone has an opinion about something. Mm-hmm. And and you'll not only get like. The, the like we get we're lucky that we get the people involved in the tournament to actually participate in like creating all kinds of content but in a way it helps them sort of show one of the one of the things we we touted as we have like 13,000 followers on Twitter if you're someone I put you in a tournament and you've got 200 followers this is your fucking chance to get 
people to know who you are. And and a lot of the a lot of the people that are just in the tournament or Sox Twitter people are very good about this in general. Like Bennett Carroll does a follow Friday every Friday with nice. for with Sox fans and wants Sox fans to kind of follow. And a lot during the tournament, people were saying, you know what, follow my opponent. My opponent's great. You know, vote for me, but make sure you follow that person. And, yeah. and so that's the key. Everyone follow each other back. See what you like. Give give some people, new people a chance that you haven't followed yet. You never know. You might find a follow that you're like, holy shit, I, I really enjoy listening to what they have to say or seeing their memes or their or gifts or whatever the fuck. Yeah, we had, we had. I think that's the one thing that I I was really pumped on. We had one in particular that comes to mind is Burt Kreischer and uh, Large from Barstool. Kind of have like a like a they like had like a fake beef, I guess. Going like they, but they like matched up in like three different rounds somehow. Like because they have multiple podcasts. <laughs> that was by yeah. chance too. By chance totally by chance. Like we we didn't even. So they got up like a that. second bite at the apple to, to duke it out. <laughs> so, but they would they were interacting with each other. It was hilarious. And I'm like I'm like man. I'm like it'd be kind of cool. Like if like uh. Bert goes on like Twisted History or like, you know, you know, he has large on the Bert cast or whatever. Like, and you're like, because you don't you don't know who knows who, but I mean they're in the same business, essentially. I mean, it's the content game, you know. I mean, who knows, you know, what could spur from it. So it's like it was interesting to see like people interacting with each other that you don't normally see interacting with each other. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, who knows? We'll just see. Watching the like impressions on a post like that where those like two people with big followers are going back and forth, my I was like, holy shit. Oh yes, yeah. That's the that's where it's really at, and the in those types of things is like it's shocking to see you. You just realize like when you're looking at it for your own personal Twitter, you just realize how small your Twitter account is compared to yeah. some yeah. of these monsters out there on Twitter. You know, like the people they build up, you know, big brands, and mm-hmm. everyone wants to put an eyeball on them when they do something. <laughs> yeah, we uh, our goal. Uh, I'm assuming Jim's goal as a White Sox fan is to get invited to this tournament. So he's going to start turning out some probably crazy like White Sox. Inviting me on this show is a terrific fucking start since I'm the one who picks the field. Well, I, I have a White Sox Twitter account that I'm trying to find my which way I want to go with it. I, I, uh, I it's it follows only White Sox people and it's like devoted to my White Sox tweets. Now, James, let me warn you: if you're planning on going thirst trap, that's my fucking alley. Okay, you stay out of there, right? No, I don't want to see you shirtless. And I don't want to be a. You know, <laughs> that's what this is. That's my arena. Okay, that's me, Summer George, and some a couple other thirst traps. We'll stay in there. All right? You pick your own lane. I, yeah, I'm just trying to find my find my uh, genre of whites because there's so many different. Like there's like Luis Roberts ass and or butt. <laughs> there's like so there's just a ton of different White Sox Twitter is. I don't know if all teams fandoms are like that or if it just is the White Sox Twitter, but it's incredible on what like it's Eloy Jimenez's mom. And just <laughs> so many different ones. Jumps, oh. I wonder that too. And I kind of wonder if it has to do, like I, I always look at, and you're a little too young for this, but uh, Tone, you're not. Uh, you know, there's like the Seattle music scene. And the reason mm-hmm. the Seattle music scene bubbled up is because no one gave a shit about going up to Seattle and playing a show, right? So they're all by themselves. Yeah. And they just started doing their own thing. And Sox Twitter feels a little bit like that because – the major media in the city didn't give a shit about the Sox for the last decade, right? They're not covering. They don't care. Like, I'm fine if, if some event happens, if a Philip Umber no hitter or, or some bullshit event happens. Yeah, okay, they'll be interested for two seconds. But no one was really kind of staying in as far as like the television stations and and the major radio stations, whatever. They it just wasn't a focus. There were hosts on those places that would do it, but it wasn't like kind of a big thing. And so what happens is like in the ooze. 
you know, weird blogs and podcasts and all kinds of shit bubbles up and, and Twitter personalities. It's like, you know, how does that person have, you know, 5,000 Twitter followers? They're a knucklehead, you know, but it's like, this is, our, this is our scene. This is what it is. You know, they're these people, maybe they're not the best, but there are people. Yeah. That, uh, my, it's not, I guess it's a white sex burner or something, but, uh, like the people that follow, like white sex Twitter is great with following. You said it earlier. Like I'll have somebody be like, Oh, so-and-so followed you and they'll have 3000 followers. And then so-and-so followed you with 40 followers. But there's also these like Jesus bots that I get follow. I get like four of them that'll follow me in a row and it'll be like, Oh, love the white socks. And then like a disciple of Jesus or something. And I was like, I think this is a bot, but why are there four of them with 1500 followers? <laughs> just never know man <laughs> just follow back see what it's about divine intervention <laughs> man you know what i'm saying like uh no it's it's wild. it's wild twitter twitter's a fun place though like i i i have a hard time because i i do uh i guess i social media manage i guess a couple different podcasts but mm-hmm. like it like instagram is so boring to me like because i'm like <laughs> This is like I'm like Twitter is like so interactive that you're like yeah like this and then people and it's funny when you hear people and they're like oh I don't do Twitter Twitter's like I don't know it's like this is weird and you're like Twitter's the greatest place on earth what are you talking about Twitter Twitter that's <laughs> cool that everybody needs yeah 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 that's what it is it's kind of toxic in its own ways and it's kind of like and then a random person with seven followers comes through your head on something but you just gotta like deal with it it's like all right that's that's just part of this game this is how this works that's that's funny because we had a dude in somebody from our account we have a few people that have access to our our iron ostrich network account tweeted a joke about cleveland brown like a brown's football is like a hallway and it was like the last thing a third sees before it hits the toilet and uh some dude with like four followers and like three three of them are like Russian sex bots. And uh he's like oh, congrats. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you guys just lost a follower. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, sorry, I guess. I mean All right, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Right. I'm like, if you can't if you're a brown if you're a legit a Browns fan and you can't don't have a sense of humor, like you got some problems. <laughs> guys, <laughs> they made it this far. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 wild. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I did I did want to ask you a little bit about how like you guys uh kind of got started in the space because I don't know as much as Gems is obviously a diehard follower. You, I'm now going to be listening. Uh, I started listening that when he put you in the tournament, so I was like, I wanted, I want, I enjoy it. So I enjoy your guys' podcast. So I definitely oh. want to follow more, even though I'm not even a White Sox fan. I'll just follow. I don't give a fuck. Well, I mean, it's the, our podcast isn't entirely baseball, and I, I wouldn't, you know, it's like I would put a not safe for work on it. I mean, we kind of re- yeah. re-record like eight thirty on Thursday nights. Generally, it's a YouTube live show, so you can kind of yeah. see us also getting intoxicated more and more as we're doing the show, <laughs> as we drink all show as well. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of one of our bits. No, we we started. So this probably goes back to like uh, I don't know, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen era. We had our season tickets. Uh, Treasy and I were brothers and we met my sock summer. He, he actually, uh, was dating and then married a friend of ours. And, uh, so, um, once he and her got together, he started going to a lot of socks games. He actually had his own blog, his own, my sock summer blog, where he was trying to do, uh, 50 games. He was trying to attend 50 games for under $500 in the season. Now this was way before the flash sales and the you know the seven dollar <laughs> tickets and all that shit. This is when you had to get creative to to get this all done, you know. <laughs> and so he built up a a bit of a following doing that, and then he kind of put that down for a bit. And we just sort of, uh, uh, Treasy and I had come off. We had been we probably spent the last six or seven years 
very seriously betting on sports, yeah. like making probably like half my income on sports betting. But we got to the point where we had one kind of burned out on it. Two, we were out of outs. Like we couldn't sign up our dog another time on that site. We'd be thrown out. We, you know, like it, it was, you know, the stuff we were taking advantage of. They only let you take advantage of for so long, and you only have so many friends to make accounts for you. So we, we were just like, all right, we've done what we can do there, and we're like, let's channel our energy. And so we're like, you know, what a way it's a fun place during the game. And we're here drinking, and people are having fun and, and laughing and joking about. It. What if we brought like this community feel out to like the content? world this is like we opened up the 108 twitter account maybe late 2015 and we started blogging in 2016 i think the first blog i wrote was about avi garcia to you know it's like oh avi garcia up and coming star and it's like well miguel cabrera jr yeah exactly (laughs) yeah all all that kind of shit you know and when we started our 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 vein was like we're not going to be like everybody else because we'll just get crushed if we're like everyone else like I, i even think about it today five years into this if you're starting a podcast today, a Sox podcast, and you want to try to be like Sox Machine, just quit because you'll never be as good as they are. Be you want to be something else. You want to be your own category. Because if you try to, if you're trying to be White Sox Dave, you will not beat White Sox Dave. He will whoop your ass. I don't. So think you got to be him. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so it would be an interesting combination of uh, non-height and well, anyway, yeah. No, it, <laughs> You don't get that the general idea. Like you, you don't want to go in if if you want to have any kind of followership. You don't try to be like those guys. You got to pick your own niche. And we thought, okay, our niche is kind of like fun. We like having fun. So we a lot of the blogs we'd goof around. We'd make up stuff. Like I remember an early blog that <clears throat> still does really good numbers every time we kind of retrot it out there. Is I did a blog uh, for Steve Stone's 69th birthday, in which all it features is uh, you know it's it talks about him a little bit, but it features all his pictures from when he was in Playgirl. And so now when we put that out there again, like every so often, it does gangbusters because it's ridiculous, right? It's totally insane thing. One of, the, one of our biggest blogs early on, and, and uh, My Sox Summer and Treasy were bitching about it. They're like, man, no one knows how to line up to get in this goddamn bathroom up here in the concourse. So My Sox Summer, with crafts and everything, wrote a blog post about how to go <laughs> to Pister at Sox Park. And it, it's still like anytime we try to back out there, it does like crazy ass numbers. This is dumb shit. Anyone could do this, right? You could pick this, but no real blog is going to say, no blog that wants to be taken seriously is going to say, we're going to write an article about how to go to the piss. You know, like, uh, they're just not going to do it. So you, you always, like, our bent was always, would just not be the same as everybody else. And I think one of the things, too, like, we do real baseball analysis as well, but I think one of the things that helps us is we did not play high levels of baseball. So when we look at the problem, we're looking at it as a total novice. And so, the other novices out there, like, oh, I kind of understand how you put those numbers together and made that table. And it's like, okay, I can kind of get that. We might not get the problem and understand it in a way where someone who has played baseball does, right? So th- that's fine. We're, we know that. But we're going, you know, my, my background is I'm an accountant by day. And like I said, I spent a lot of time, you know, is being like, I guess, half my income betting on sports. So I've got the probability and the statistical stuff. So I can go in that direction, but I couldn't tell. I, I don't know what the fuck I'd be looking at with someone's swing. I don't know if it's a good or bad swing. I know he missed the ball. I know that much, but otherwise I can't do it. So you kind of got to like, in my personal opinion, is like the thing we tried to pick up was you, you go with your personal strengths and then you also pick a lane that's not the lane everyone's using. And I remember early on, we, we were never going to do a podcast. Uh, we had the blog, which we liked, and then you could come see us in person. So people come see us and we do videos occasionally. 
And we met this brewery called Baderbrow. This was back 2017-ish era, something like that. And, you know, their marketing guy really liked us. He's like, we got to do something together. He goes, you guys are hilarious on Twitter. <laughs> we love this shit. Let's do it. So my stock summer and I are sitting around in my backyard. We're like, what the hell? Are we, how are we going to? We're not, we're not podcast guys. I mean, we've become podcast people. But we are like, we don't know. And he's like, I got it. We'll do a video from your hot tub. And we'll talk about the game in the hot tub. It's like, great idea. So we called it the Sunday Soak. And we sold it to Baderbrow. We said, Baderbrow, would you like to be the sponsor of this? And the guy's like, absolutely we would. You know, So we had a relationship for like two years with Baderbrow. Unfortunately for us, we drank them out of business. They, they didn't exist anymore. <laughs> and we had like no beer sponsor for our, our Sunday Soak. And at the time, we were just doing blog and just doing Sunday Soak. And we're like, well, we're going to keep doing the Sunday Soak. you know. And then we got super lucky. Uh, a good friend of ours, a guy who's a part of the, the crew, the 108 crew, Aloha Mr. Hand, he happened to be playing golf with Brooks Boyer. And Brooks Boyer's like, I, I want to meet these 108 guys. You know these 108 guys? And he's like, yeah, they're like some of my best friends. Like, I can't arrange a meetup with you. So Brooks came down and met us in the stands during a fucking game and, and bought us beers for like two hours and wanted to hear the whole goddamn story and all this stuff, right? So we kind of had become a little friendly with Brooks. So fast forward to the off season, I think it was before the 2019 season, and we get messaged, and Brooks like, look, I want you guys to come to a meeting at the stadium, you know, you're going to come in the conference room. And legitimately, it's myself, my Sox on Tree Z, three knuckleheads, <laughs> in a boardroom at Sox Park with Brooks Boyer and his team, and then the Goose Island team. And oh, the reason nice. they wanted to do it is because the new Goose Island was coming up right next to us. They were gentrifying our section. We had <laughs> made it to the pool party, and then they built condos right next to us. So they were like, well, can we do some sort of bit or whatever? And in, the, in that meeting, my sex owner was able to convince them they should pick up the Sunday soap. You guys should, should do it. You should be the full-time sponsor, all this stuff. And it's been a great relationship ever since. Doing a piece of content with something weird that no one else is, no one's doing a fucking hot tub show. Yeah. It's just an oddball <laughs> idea. And the reason we did is because that's all we had. We don't know what we're doing. It's like, okay, let's just do this. Cause that's what we got, you know, like, and you know, so the way I think the way the one waiters think about content sometimes is, is not, doesn't line up well with the uh, mainstream, but we seem to be okay with it because I guess it's something original or fresh. And like when it hits out there, we know pretty quick if people like it or if it's shit, you know, like <laughs> we've yeah. had some shitty ideas we've had to throw off too. It's like, oh, this, will, this is a unique idea to work. And it's like, this sucks. No one wants it. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, I literally had this conversation often, me and Jem's often, because um, obviously we have this podcast so we talk, we'll talk a lot. And then obviously we get together with like the anomalies who are like the other guys that we started this uh, network with. And like yeah. the one thing I, I tell Jem's a lot and, and, and I reiterate to a group is like, authenticity seems to be like the thing. Like, I mean, if yeah. we're authentic, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. As long as we're being authentic to ourselves, people are going to either like us or not like us. And that's fine. But we're going to get the people who do like us are going to really like us. Like, so, I mean, it's, uh, it seems like kind of like what you guys almost stumbled to on accident. <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, they're, they're all, all kind of happy accidents. Like, yeah. just like, we're just, let's just try it. And then, the other thing, don't be afraid to try some shit. Like, yeah. You know, like a hot tub show, no one's no one's like, oh, that, yeah, that's, oh, that's a guaranteed ideal fucking work, you know, like, or who knew the tournament would become kind yeah. of thing. I mean, other thing, too, that we, we got a lot of mileage out of, we did, the Sox did a $1 hot dog promotion on Wednesday nights. And so we did a competition. So it's like, here, tweet me your pictures, tag it like this. We'll have, a, and we had a fucking leaderboard of people 
who were and and we actually what's funny is that year that we that we did that competition and then obviously COVID kind of killed it the next year. We had Brooks Boyer on our podcast and he he messaged me before he's like he's like Beef, make sure you got the top five leaders in the in the hot dog contest. I want I want you to talk about them while we're doing the podcast. It's like <laughs> they're fucking. Of course they're paying attention. We're promoting this shit yeah. that they're doing, you know. So like sometimes having a nice uh, you know friendly partnership works. I mean, another another thing with us with the uh, the content is we've always kind of been friendly with others in the community. Yeah, and we've gotten good breaks from people. Like early on, when we were just an up and coming thing and a blog, and maybe some people thought we were funny. You know, uh, Josh Nelson from Socks Machine they had their audience. They wanted to join together and do these, you know, after parties of Socks Fest. So Socks Fest would happen the normal shit, and then you'd go to the underground media party, and it would be us and them. And it would be some sort of panel that was organized and be at a spot. You know, we did it at Bader Brow one year. We did it at Buffalo Wings and Rings. We most recently, in, in uh, at the beginning of 2020, we did it at Reggie's, and you couldn't get in there. Like, it was 150 people max, and we we didn't – we sold tickets, but not dollar-wise. We People donated. Yeah. We were getting texts the day of, like, dude, you got to get me in the door. Like, I, I'm, a, we're, I'm, we're friends. You got to fucking get me in there, you know? And it kind of became a, a, a bit of a thing. We had media people on the panels. Like, I, I, on the 108 panel, we had Herb Lawrence and, and Lawrence Holmes. And then on the, the Sox Machine panel was, like, uh, uh, James Fegan and uh, Connor McKnight and, uh, you know, that some, some of that group. So we, we kind of mix, like, morons like us and then also, like, legitimate media people in there. So you get a little flavor of everything. But yeah, we just had like, uh, uh, you know, some of it is uh, the authenticity you're talking about. Yeah. And some of it is just the ball just bounced the right way for us. You yeah. know, like we didn't crap out that time. Like the, the <laughs> dice rolled perfect for us that one time through. Well, we, we do this. We do Socks Fest. They yeah. canceled Socks Fest. You guys had the 108 Fest, which kind of probably came from that idea that you guys Correct. did previous years. And you had a panel this year. We we did yeah so we had to take all these like we normally do a festivus party we had to take that online we we normally had the socks fest after party since we were doing it on our YouTube channel we did the 108 fest and we had yeah we had mainstream media and we had people and sometimes in these things we just have people that we like or think are fun or you know we we were actually at the beginning of the pandemic we did a uh, a special Zoom based uh, video that we we're doing on YouTube called Three Things where we just invite people from Sox Twitter that we knew that we liked. And it's like, let's do like a half hour interview with them. We'll ask a question. They ask a question. We'll kind of go around the room and, and talk a little bit. And people really liked catching those. They're like, oh, yeah. I didn't really know that person that well. But the 30 minutes where you, they got to talk a little bit, it's like, oh, shit, I got, I got to know them. But, but like you're saying, the, the 108 Fest was uh, a monster. I mean, Rick Giolito, Lucas Giolito's dad. Was a treasure. He he's at, he fucking bodied me like four times during the discussion because <laughs> I kept telling him cease is no good. And he's like, uh, you know, you know what you're talking about. But then he was like our dad. He was giving us great advice just in general and life. And he's just a sweetheart of a guy. So you know, you know, sometimes you get into these things and you're like, we'll get this guest because they're famous and people will know who they are. And but this was one of those ones where it was just like I could have just like sat there and listened to him talk the whole rest of the, the thing. I was like, too bad the guy had to leave. You know? He was on. But, what did I hear him on the other day? It might have been Parkinson Spiegel. It was either that or Bernstein or Rahimi. Rahimi. And uh, I had to sit in the car to finish the let him finish the <laughs> interview because he's so good. He's incredible. He's just like a 
very smart, thoughtful, older gentleman is like, and, that, and that's kind of like, I, I like that from the perspective of like, he's been through a bunch of stuff. I want to hear what, a, what is, what do you think about this? What do you have <laughs> to say? Give me some of that knowledge you got there. You know, I loved all that stuff. That's the thing that I, I love about uh, the media that we, we all do. I mean, obviously you have a podcast, we have a podcast is, um, is like you get to hear different people's perspectives. So I work in a field where like I'm by myself 90% of the time. So like I usually have like podcasting and I'm listening to something, but I'm hearing like different people from all over, like kind of like give their personality. So it's like almost like being around people and getting like a flavor of like everybody. But so like, I feel like I'm a better person just by listening to other people, even if it's just a fun podcast or, you know, it may be like an educational podcast, it may be whatever, but like you feel like you're just like included in this thing. Like they're like, this is like, free college like if you really like if they if i could get a college credit for like listening to podcasts i guarantee you i'd have one by now because like <laughs> but like i feel like i'm a better person because of it because i have like all these in- i would never interact with like you on a normal basis i just like Correct. i live in colorado you live in chicago like you know i mean our paths probably wouldn't cross other than the fact that but we do have this common ground that we both like baseball and like gems is a white Sox fan so somehow like the forces like brought it together but like I feel like that's the that's the biggest thing about this media, and I think that's why it's why it grows too. The authenticity of people, but then also just like the fact that you can kind of like really like it took the thing that like I I know people gems might not remember this because he's just had his entire life with the internet and Wi Fi, but like when the internet <laughs> when the internet came around and like social media started, it, people were like, oh, it's gonna make everybody like so isolated and they're gonna live in their little thing and no one's gonna know anyone. But I think like that's what podcast do is like it actually introduces you out to people in that way like instead of like it just being so tight oh yeah i mean i i agree with it kind of it helps you develop empathy for other perspectives of life that you haven't experienced yourself or other things that people are into that you're not necessarily into and you you might hear it as like a, like you're like your podcast name off the rails is perfect because you can go in directions and go down a path it's one of the things i love most about podcasts you you set out to say okay we're gonna we're going to do a sports podcast. We're going to talk about sports. But then five minutes into it, you're going to do something interesting where you're like, fuck, I want to go down this path. I don't care about, you know, what, what the White Sox uh, lineup is today. Let's fucking talk about, you know, on our podcast, let's talk about gilfs or let's talk about whatever <laughs> kind of candy is, is like your favorite. I don't know. Like Helen Mirren. Whatever, whatever shit. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren. It's a great, great call. I gotta, I gotta hey, by the way, Helen Mirren, great. Also, like right behind Renee Russo, though. Like <laughs> right in there. <laughs> Right respect, respect. Fan, fan, fantasy threesome, right? No, I'm <laughs> I mean, that's true though. That's a, that's literally like the best thing. It's like also like I think like so like for me like if, if you did like a gener like a like a demographic of who like should follow you like me and gems are both left handed Lions fans. Like first off, there's probably not many of us that are Lions fans, and there's probably there's not as many lefties that you than you should. We've literally not had a single left-handed guest. We were just talking about this last. Really? Wow. We, we, we try. Yeah, we asked. I am not left-handed. No, not left-handed. My my wife actually said we forgot to ask a couple guests. Did we? Oh, she said she called me out on it. She's like the she runs our Instagram now because you know. Yeah. And she's, but she's actually, listens yeah. and will call me out on stuff. She's texting me during podcasts to call yeah. me out on something. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny because my wife, uh, Mrs. Beef Loaf, and then uh, Tree Z's wife, they watch all of our stuff and listen to podcasts. And we actually had my wife on because my wife does like has her own business and she does like corporate coaching and 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 she 
coached us up on our podcast technique and also our visuals because we're we're on YouTube. And she convinced us all to buy ring lights. So I have a ring light on right now. Obviously, this isn't a this isn't a broadcast which people could see, but you could see I am extremely well lit right now because my wife gave us some of all these tips. So you know, in a podcast, you have the uh, you know they have the latitude to go in all directions that you want to and explore all kinds of fun stuff. And that's why I never like when we were first doing our podcast. Our fucking podcast is like three hours long. And if we had a guest, it was three and a half or four hours. It was obnoxious. We, and then, so we're like, okay, we got to reel it in a little bit. But even at this point, we're 90 minutes to two hours because we like the long form. We want yeah. to, if we're going to talk about a topic, let's get in on it. Let's talk about it. You know, that's, I don't want to do the 10 p.m. news version of this shit. I want to yeah. do the version where we get in on it and, you know, you could tell me, you know what, that idea is full of shit. Or, you know, I like that idea. Let's go further in that direction. And what, what do you think about this? You know, they're a little more back and forth. I think you get more out of it, right? I'm we're not uh you know, we're not trained in media, the 108 guys. So our real value is one, make you laugh, and two, dig in on a topic in which our perspective might be a little different than all the other shit you're hearing about. Yeah. And it might, we also, because we're kind of dumb guys, you might be able to relate the way we're talking about it. You might say, oh, yeah. We try to use a lot of analogies because it's like compare something in life that people understand to this topic they don't understand. And maybe you can marry it together. People are like, oh, I get the point now. Well, I think that's a, that's that, that's actually perfect because, like, we had the same thing. We, we get guests on and we're like, oh, shit. Like, and the good thing for us is so far, fingers crossed, and hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn, but, like, we'll, like, be like, oh, we're going to go, like, We'll tell a guest, like, they'll be like, we actually really don't ever ask guests how long they can go, which is probably not good etiquette, but we, should, <laughs> we probably should do that. We forget but, more than anything. It's not like we're like, let's not ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and But then but then we've had, like, guests where, like, we have, and, like, all of them have gone long with us. And then we're like, oh, we're so sorry. And they're like, no, actually, I was just having fun. It was so good. Like, we, so it's like, they, you get people going and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to talk. And maybe that's a symptom of like COVID because we we've been only a podcast in the COVID era, but like maybe people just want more interaction because they don't get it as much. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's a, but it's just fun to like you know hear about other people's perspective and hear like random like especially like gems will we find I I mean I know gems we talk a lot. I find stuff out about him all the time. I found out he knew a lot about emo music last podcast. I mean, (laughs) I'm an emo fan, but I he knew more than I thought he knew. We did a ra- we did a random emo draft in the middle of our thing just on the fly. <laughs> <That's impressive. laughs> yeah. Those are like the best kind of drafts and stuff, though. Like you get into a podcast. We've done it a couple of times where we'll start yeah. talking about something and be like, "We need like a record scratch, like soundboard." Yeah. Then we're like, "All right, draft." Yeah. It, <laughs> it, and, and the whole thing started. We we were talking. So back to the kind of like what just started that thing was. I uh, I had texted or not texted. I had uh, tweeted out uh, to Josh Eppard, who is the drummer for Coheed and Cambria. Because okay. online, I was trying to, f- I was literally trying to find a left-handed guest. I was like, "Who's left-handed?" Like, oh, and we were doing like that. We did a, a left-handed Mount Rushmore last last uh, podcast, and I was oh, like, nice. "I was like uh, famous left-handed people," and it was like famous drummers for some reason. I don't know why it's the first thing that came up. And Josh Eppard was like the second one, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "I love Coheed and Cambria." I didn't know he was left-handed, so I had, like tweeted. I was like, oh, "I was like just found out Josh Eppard's left-handed." definitely going to try to get him on the podcast now it's going to make it my mission in life and like he like tweeted back and he was like sorry not left-handed actually <laughs> and i was like <laughs> but, but then, like fuck <laughs> yeah so then that spurred into like we were talking about that on the podcast because it was funny and then uh gem just out of nowhere was like do you know how much talent was in the traveling wilburys band and then we we're like let's do like i was like i was like i wonder what that would equate to in like the emo world if you made an emo version and then it was like 
emo traveling Wilburys draft again. <laughs> just, just I'm, impressed, I'm impressed that you guys can do it spur of the moment draft like that. Like, when we do a draft on our show, it's like we send the agenda around like the week before. It's like, all right, we're doing a draft. Make sure you got at least like 15 so that when you <laughs> we dump your list, you could say all these extra ones or whatever. And then we'll always get through it. And then our fans are like, you fucked up. You missed that one. You know, like, <laughs> oh, so yeah. It always creates conversation, but it's like, man, I always feel ill-prepared for our draft. Even when I'm like, I really know this subject. I got all these things down. And then, like, in the second round, one of my partners will take something. I'm like, man, I should have had that. I, I knew that. Yeah, one. yeah, it's it's fun, though. Like, it, I guess it helps that it's just me and me and Jem's are, it's just two of us. So, like, I can almost, like, strong-arm him into, like, doing a draft or he can strong-arm <laughs> me into doing a draft. Because, I mean, it's 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 on. We're doing the podcast. So, it's on, so like, people are going to hear you bitch out if, like, you're like, I don't really want to do that draft. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm so, confident I can figure anything out. It might take me trying to like split my concentration between talking and googling stuff. Yeah, that that might be a left-handed trait. <laughs> Maybe. Oh yeah, you, you could be right. You could be right. About we always that. have to adapt to everything else in the world. You know. Another left-handed trait is getting your arm stuck in machinery and dying because we. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think our lifespan's what like seven years less than right-handed people or something. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Oh, surprised. I never knew that. Yeah, holy, we, holy. well, I think that I mean a lot of uh, a lot of those twenty seven uh, people, you know, the twenty seven thing. But yeah, I think a lot of those guys were left handed, so that probably brings our uh, age down a little bit. True, yeah, <laughs> Cobain and Hendrix for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that probably doesn't help us. <laughs> we did have Helen Keller though. I found that out. So oh, I, mean, I, I was unaware. Which also, in a weird way, added on to her like uh, her like plight in life. You know what I mean? She was like deaf, dumb, blind. Also left-handed, so I mean, yeah, had one other thing against yeah. her. Yeah, they were like, "That's not enough." Here, <laughs> here you go. You can't use scissors, so have fun. <laughs> that left-handed thing's not enough to make a story about you, but your whole blind and deaf thing. Well, okay, we'll we'll take that. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so so yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny uh, though. Back to you getting bodied by Rick Giolito. Was that worse? <laughs> than, was that worse than Jeff Passan? <laughs> No, nothing. Nothing's ever worse than getting bodied by Jeff Passan. I, it's kind of funny, you know. Way back in the day, I, I wrote a blog about it. Like he blocked me for some mundane comment or something. I made fun of him for because he was like complaining about getting uh, his his uh, suit wet from covering a team and like they're spraying champagne or whatever. <laughs> and then I realized I was blocked. But and and so like I I tweeted that a little bit, and some people that I. No followers on Twitter is like, oh, I I know him. I'll reach out and I'll I'll put in a good word for you, or whatever. And so then like he reached out, he unblocked. He's like, I'm you know I just thought it'd be funny to block a guy whose name is Beefloaf. You know, you're 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 back. You're fine. You know. <laughs> and then like I I kind of like put that out there one more time, yeah, like a year later ish. And he's like, no, I blocked you because you suck. And his his you know how he does when he bodies anyone. His mentions go absolutely berserk. You know. So anytime I would like mention him or whatever and last year during the 108 tourney i had this picture where i'm like laying on the ground like i'm devastated uh-huh. and i have like no ass i have like no ass muscles i have the flattest worst most terrible male ass that anyone has ever had um, i might it's be second ca- so it's, ca- <laughs> it's captured in this picture uh-huh. and of course jeff comes out of nowhere jeff doesn't follow me and i didn't fucking name him but he found me somehow <laughs> and he and he and he bodies me on that thing so Sometimes I'll I'll go after him a little bit. I'll just like sort of nudge him on, on some shit. And I had found the picture of him where he was he's bald, like it's a fake bald picture of him. And then that's how I, I got him back out of the word word. But no, it's it's I think it's really funny. 
that he does that. And I don't, I don't mind. I don't give a shit. I love stuff like that. I love messing with people and having people mess back on Twitter. And so that's kind of like a fun rivalry. There are people actually uh, Sunday night, the Sox were on ESPN and some of the Sox Twitter people were tweeting like, is Jeff passing it a body you on air on like live on air on ESPN? No, I don't think so. Sure like not. also, it would be awesome. <laughs> part of it would be awesome. Part of it would be like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to watch this game. <laughs> it was, it's funny that you said he, he blocked you because uh, actually when we did my, my podcast, I actually got gems on blocked by Pat McAfee. So. Yes. <laughs> nice. Good work. Yeah. Really, no idea on how I got blocked to begin with. Like a theory, but we just like had this mini Twitter uprising, and I got back back in his good graces. Pretty yeah. close too. Yeah. So it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I got because Pat, Pat follows me. So like somehow like it was like yeah. I was like. I was like, I don't know why uh, Gems is blocked, but he's actually a really good guy. Like, I wrote this like little blurb, and then like literally, Gems like t- texted me like five minutes later. He's like, I, th- I think Patch is on block. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sweet. I just, I just envisioned someone like that name searching you because he's got so many people blocked. Like, all right, well, who's the one I need to unblock? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I never thought of that, but yeah, the effort he had to go through to unblock you was probably is pretty impressive. Pretty <laughs> That or like, I was, it was just me and the other guy that I think got me blocked. <laughs> Guilt by association, you know. That's yeah. right. <laughs> You're running a bad crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that, yeah. That's, that's the thing I love about social media, though. It's like, it's, it's fun. Like, I mean, when else are you going to, like, I mean, Pat McAfee follows me on Twitter. And then I've had a couple phone conversations with him, too. But, like, where the fuck else would I have ever ran into Pat McAfee? Right. Yeah, you know I mean, or like you know, I I produce a, a NFL podcast with NFL players. That's kind of from the Pat McAfee thing. But like, when the fuck else would that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, kind of the nice thing too is, uh, you know, not just COVID, but overall, like you can meet these people on the internet, and then sometimes it's worthwhile meeting up in person, and you you kind of become re- real life in person acquaintances or friends, which is just kind of a nice. A thing about the internet to connect people mm-hmm. en- up enough to create these relationships like you're saying you know Definitely. even even just acquaintance relationships even just like oh yeah shoot them a message once in a while or they shoot me one when they see something that you know that that they know i like or whatever it just uh, it definitely adds to life i mean it's a uh, spice of life right there and it's weird too because i mean like in like if you think about it too deep you're like i'm like i've met you in person as many times as i've met gems in person Zero. But, you know what I mean? like, I've never met Jones in person, but I talk to him every day. <laughs> it, it's funny that you say that because just this past weekend, uh, the, one of the comedians that we had on a few, well, I think it was right at the beginning of the year, Todd McComas, who used to be on Pat's show and he was on Barstool and stuff before that. Uh, we went and saw him in South Bend and like my wife and I brought him pies. Awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's the kind of connection you can make, kind of that you would never ever like have that even that little bit of a connection. We can kind of get in there and say, "Oh, okay, you know, we're friendly, we like each other, we did some stuff together." Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's crazy too because, like, uh, by the way, his wife is like she needs to make it as a business because, like, I've seen them; they look amazing. But she makes they're called pie holes. Is that what they're called? Pies. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it was a business up until yeah. they were kids. Yeah, they're just miniature yeah. pies. They're she like size, but they're pies. They need to make oh, really? a comeback. Like, uh, they're smaller little, than a tart. Little. They're just like like a cupcake tin and pie size. Ooh, wow. Pie in a cupcake size tin. Yeah. 
That sounds awesome, actually. That... <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we were rolling into it deep, we were doing like 40 different flavors and we would, Shit. yeah, we were catering stuff every weekend and doing a lot of farmers markets and stuff. And they look wow. amazing too, but yeah, so I sounds I, great. What, what was your, what was your favorite flavor or, or maybe give me your top three that you really enjoyed? Uh, I think my favorite was probably salted caramel chocolate, Ooh, wow. which was like a chocolate ganache with some like caramel drizzle and stuff. It was really good. She also did a s'mores one that was pretty awesome. And uh, just like she just made blueberry this weekend for Todd. And that just reminded me how awesome blueberry pie is. Oh, nice. like, like, standard like apple pie was they're all fantastic <laughs> Super <tender. laughs> i love it i see yeah that's what i was hoping for you go down the path a little bit get the juices flowing there on the on the delicious yeah. pies I, that sounds terrific see well see now yeah gems lives probably close enough to you that if you ever meet up he'll just make his wife make them for you and then he'll and then he'll disappoint her by telling her that it's not an actual pie that she has to make them and then she'll hate it <laughs> yeah i told because I, 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 I asked her i said hey can to thank Todd for coming on the podcast, I'll text him and see what kind of pies he likes. And she's like, all right. And I said, pies, plural. So I was thinking she knew I met pie holes. Yeah. And so I told her and she's like, all right. And then we were talking like two days beforehand. And I was like, yeah, I'll fill the tins and stuff. And she's <laughs> like, wait a minute. Pie holes. <laughs> although although that's kind of on her though i mean if you're famous for making a certain type of pie like you should just know that when people say pie they mean that she felt tricked though she felt like you you were tricking her on this yeah i heard winker <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i still have the banner that we used to hang up that whenever i get this room actually set up down here uh oh did did you oh, lose Jim? I have logo with our phone number. I thought oh, I lost. Nice. You like went. I was game. still talking, and I could see myself moving clearly, <laughs> and then you guys were frozen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite for us. I was just sitting real still like this. I just didn't want you to know. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. That'd be like just the, that's an ultimate troll move. That's uh, that'd be great. Um, I was gonna say uh, it, this this has been like one of my one of my favorite podcasts all, all, so far. To be honest with you, uh, just because like I figured we were gonna talk a lot of baseball, but then it's always enjoyable when we just talk about other things that aren't what I think we're gonna talk about. Uh, so, but do we want to bring it back to baseball with the draft? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. I'm game for this. Yeah, I'm game for whatever you guys want to do. You, 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 you have rolled out the carpet. I'm happy to be. I'm happy to dance on it in any way you'd like. We we had I half joked jokingly with gems one time was like I have I sort of want to be like a world record holder and then he was like really and I was like yeah I was like I don't know what I'd do and then one day we were like we should just do the world's longest podcast and then I realized that's like a stupid ass goal but like if we ever do the world's longest podcast we're gonna just have you on as a guest. It sounds good. I'll come on for a, a couple, three hours. Can I? Is it okay if I get like stupidly drunk? Because yeah. right now I'm, I'm keeping it. Uh, you know. No, yeah, of, you're good. I'm having a couple cocktails right now. Nothing too serious, but you know. No, I've, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been pretty tipsy on one of these podcasts or two. <laughs> so you, you, you guys are hosting, so you can't get. Yeah. Too outlandish. I, I can't. And plus, I have no reputation. So See, like, I used to work in the wine <laughs> wine business, so I I can hold Ooh, nice. my I can hold my liquor pretty well. Actually, as a matter of fact, we just had uh, family members, the ones I'm going to go visit uh, for their wedding. Uh, they came in this weekend for my daughter's birthday, and uh, they were like, "Oh, we should we should take do shots." And I was like, "I guess like I got to work at like four in the morning." Um, and it's like my first day back from vacation, but I mean, I guess like I'll go hard today, and then I can recover tomorrow or whatever. And then like the next day, they were like. 
are you going to sleep? And I was like, I was going to. And they were like, oh, we were going to do some shots. And I was like, all right. And I just went over and poured a shot. And like, I knocked out two. And I was like, I thought we were doing shots. And they were like, oh, you meant like now. I was like, you said shots. Like, what? <laughs> so then I just started pouring everybody's shots. And I was like, let's go. And I was like five in. And they were like, you don't you have to work tomorrow? And I was like, I am not even feeling this at all. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to do like five more of these. Like, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I would feel it, but so what? I'd enjoy it. <laughs> it's the only downside. It's like it's so bad that like I mean I definitely could have gone one way or the other. Like I have, I could definitely be an alcoholic, or I could definitely just be like, man, that buzz doesn't hit me. So I guess like I'll just do it for fun a little bit. Like every now and then, like I'll I'll some kind of liquor will just like it'll hit, hit me, and I'll be oh yeah, I remember this feeling. This is what I want. Like. Well, I think there's a middle ground there and it's called functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Yes. That's probably what, but I'll go like, I'll go ages without drinking. Like until this weekend, I hadn't drank for probably like four or five months. I hadn't had a single drink. Oh, nice. I'm just like, but like, actually that's not true. I think the two podcasts before I had like a a shot of whiskey, but other than that, like I have like so much liquor on top of my fridge though, that I'm like, literally like I look at it and I'm like, I'll do a shot and then I'm like, yeah, that didn't really do anything for me. I guess I probably just shouldn't keep drinking. This right <laughs> You're <now>. out. <laughs> I'm the same way where I'll go a long time without drinking, and I drink a lot up until I probably my first or second year of marriage, like from like 18 to like 25, 25 probably. But like this April, this month, I have my best friend coming from Atlanta. I have a buddy coming from who lives in England or the UK somewhere now. So like I have a bunch of people visiting this month. So I, I know this will be a month for drinking. By the way, and I think it was an episode two of this podcast. Uh, Jim's told me that there's such thing called uh, Jared drunk or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's that his friend, this, it's bad when your fr- your friends have termed that like if other people get drink, you're like, oh, you're Jared drunk. Yeah, so. they they like ask for it too. Like if they know I don't drink much, like, you're gonna get drunk tonight. I'm like, sure as fuck, hope not. a lot of it my wife says i get real annoying but i want to go do stuff like if i'm in like a city or something where i can adventure out after i start drinking like that's perfect for me just walk around just let you run wild (laughs) yeah like in like in college my freshman year i had a apartment in yorkville i don't know if you're familiar just west of chicago and uh we were close enough to like the gas station, but as soon as I started, as soon as everybody was leaving the apartment and stuff, I was wandering to the gas station to just get a snack that I probably already had in my apartment, but I wanted to go walk somewhere. <laughs> Jared, Jared's a fascinating human being. First off, he, uh, he's a, he's a fire, volunteer firefighter. Oh. He works in a steel mill. Is that correct? Yeah. And, uh, he, used to, he used to operate a crane, but now he's not doing that anymore. I learned that last episode. Yeah. And you can probably see our pollution from your house. I mean, we're right in Northwest Indiana. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's probably <laughs> and and uh, my, the best fact that other than the fact he's left-handed is uh, he's a Hall of Fame wiffle ball player. Oh, I'm, I was unaware of this. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That uh, might boost. That, that might have just boosted your odds to get in this tournament next year. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> can we get some? Uh, can we get a little video of this, or you know, something? Uh... I, got, I got pictures. I, I, uh, okay. I did agree to play in the. So, me and a buddy from high school started a league in like 2007. Because okay. he got, he built a field in his backyard called Migley. So it's like a miniature Wrigley. It's actually really cool for what it is. Yeah. And the, uh, you could t- you could tell the gems is hate for the Cubs was coming out. <laughs> and uh, so, he didn't, like, didn't want to give the compliments. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so I played in that for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. Yeah. And then uh, 
he also has a big tournament every year in uh, Neutral Isle, which is just east of South Bend. Okay. And uh, they have like 80 teams that come to it and stuff, and we've been doing that forever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, like, wiffle ball in our area is a big deal. There's a huge wiffle ball tournament, I think Skokie or some shit, too. The World Wiffle Ball Championships. Okay. Is there. Like, I, I'm trying to envision this. Like, how how fast did someone in a, like, a competitive wiffle ball game, how fast are they throwing the ball? Well, this is all slow-pitch wiffle ball. So slow-pitch. Okay, got it. Okay. I think right. there is a – I know that there's a shit ton of leagues that pop up now. And I, I might just – they might have been around, but now that with Twitter, you see everybody <laughs> has their own – group of Twitters for their fucking leagues, but I think yeah. like Clement or East Chicago or something has like a fast pitch league. I think gems okay. just gems. Did you just become a, a team owner again? No, I'm did just, I... no, I'm just, I started playing again. Oh, right. okay. I'm on the roster this year again. Gotcha. Which yeah. means yeah, gem like used games. to be a team owner too. I think you gotta, you gotta stretch it out. You gotta get, a, you know, you gotta get the calisthenics going. I, yeah. I was the team owner of the pterodactyls and then later on the taco punchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you stay with the T T named uh, themes there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's just, so so that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of brain you're going up against. I like this. I like this. Just, I like this. <laughs> I also drafted Ned Flan Ned Flanders was on my Mount Rushmore of left handed people. So that's true. By the way, he put two Simpson characters on his on his uh, or not two Simpson characters. The creator of the Simpsons, who he stole from me, but whatever. <laughs> With one dude, he was like, he was like, I don't think, I don't think I'll have anyone on my list that you, you'll have, and I'm, and he was like, I'm gonna take uh, Matt Groening. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's like he time travels. What the fuck? No. I won't. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gems, do you want to explain the draft that we're about to do? Yeah. So it's a five round snake draft, or as Tony likes to say, serpentine draft. Yeah, I do. And uh, we're gonna draft, and you can draft these in no particular order: one pitcher, one batter, one manager one announcer and then uh one like food or drink like a ballpark food or drink nice so and we, and we, we can do this kind of in any direction we want right doesn't matter okay pretty much so, can i get this again so we have one pitcher one batter one coach or gm manager, manager? Head coach. okay it's manager because it's baseball uh, one, and then one, one announcer i would i would say this is all baseball oriented yeah and then one uh, like food or drinking good at the ballpark. Yeah. Sweet. And so we let our guests pick which position they want to draft in. So remember Ooh. it's a serpentine draft. Oh man. I mean, like uh, I was to say, we, we do snake drafts on the one Oh eight uh, podcast. Sometimes <laughs> we mix them in there here, or there. Uh, I think the last one we did was we, we did one recently with like Australian things for uh, Liam Hendricks being signed with the white Sox, which nice. uh, see, I like that. That's there's some weird shit. Works. Yeah, there's some weird shit in uh, Australia. But uh, anyway, I want to. Yeah, actually, actually while, we're, while we're at it, this is getting recorded on the sixth. Uh, happy birthday to my nephew Finn, who is half Australian and lives in Australia. So. Oh shit! Happy birthday, Finn! Happy Italian. birthday, Finn! Is it, what is Finn short for? Since Phineas, my Phineas. brother named him after Phineas and Ferb. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I just found out from my daughter's thirteen-year-old best friend that apparently there's a conspiracy theory about Phineas and Ferb, where all of the characters are dead except for one, or one of the characters, one of the Phineas or Ferb's dead. One of them's dead, and then he's the other one's seeing ghosts. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> it sounds wild. I, I let her tell me the entire thing, and I was like, "I mean, I guess I don't, <laughs> I don't know." Tony, so, if you could give me the YouTube link to all that story, I'd, I'll, I'll check it out. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'll, I'll shoot. I'll shoot it over to you. I, I got to see it myself. She. I got to explain to me from a thirteen-year-old. So I don't know how accurate it is, but probably lots of likes. It's, it's, uh, probably, around, it's probably around in the money. We just, we just we're old. We don't understand. Like, <laughs> uh, so I I feel totally confident shooting one-one. I'm happy to go first. I know on my podcast, my my partners they never want to go first. I want to. I like going one-one. I go first. Okay. You actually like get the worst spot. You just took the worst spot. That's fine. Because it's, only I, five, it's only five rounds, so you get the last pick and the first pick. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. that to me, that's uh, that's fine. Yeah, no I like that. that. I like I like that confidence. Tony, you can choose your position. Um, I'll take the middle just because I – what the hell. I think I always end up with first or third, so it would be nice to be second. For some reason, every guest we have chooses the second position almost yeah. every time. It's like they're being nice or something. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is kind of weird. I usually – I'm usually – like to go first or like the wheel. I like the end. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm uh, I usually sit with that. I um, I don't like the first pick cuz I just I don't like I one bad time I took Dante Culpepper in a fantasy football league had the first pick and he got hurt week 1. So <laughs> I was like never again. I just want the whoever falls to me. I don't care. I was thinking about Dante Culpepper this offseason cuz <laughs> the Sox brought in Jonathan Lucroy in spring training and it was yeah. like I remember I kept drafting Miami Dolphins, Dante Culpepper. <laughs> like he was Minnesota Vikings, Dante Culpepper. I'm like, fuck, I'm as dumb as the Sox bringing in Jonathan Lucroy, who's toast now. Like I, I was drafting the, the Dante Culpepper who had no legs, uh, you know, high. Yeah. By the way, you had a decent spring, though, surprisingly. Yeah. He did. He was actually good in the spring. I he like, was, uh, surprised me. I thought I was he was going to make the team. I was going to say, you know how Probably crazy do. it is? We literally were just talking about Miami Dolphins, Dante Culpepper, because I think in the last episode I was talking about how if Drew Brees would have went to Miami, maybe like Nick Saban doesn't go to Alabama and the whole NFL changes. But, yeah, it's kind of a weird, kind of weird one. I don't remember this. Maybe that was like five <laughs> episodes ago. All the episodes run together for me. But I just say everything was in the last episode because then everyone's like, oh, I'm going to go listen to that. And then they'll be like, well, that's it, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> But we really did do a Nemo draft last episode, so that did actually happen. <laughs> so for anyone listening that wants to hear that, get your ass back in there that last episode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I took, with my first pick in that draft, a Chicago guy in Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. So, I mean. Oh, damn. I, 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 I didn't know absolutely nothing about Emo. But I, I have heard of Fallout Boy. I'm not that old. I have heard of it. I, I'm old enough to know that my kids think Fall Out Boy is a completely different band than I think they are. Well, <laughs> they think they're like the Anthony band, and I'm like, no, they're this emo band. Guys, go fuck yourselves. It's the sidekick in Radioactive Man from The Simpsons, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. It was a good right. callback. By I'm the way, Jones is clearly a big Simpsons guy, so. <laughs> it taught but, me a Jones, lot. How do you feel about how do you feel about Family Guy? You you. Yeah, I, I enjoy Family Guy. I haven't okay. seen as much of the Family Guys as I have like The Simpsons because, like, from birth to probably sixteen, <laughs> I religiously watch The Simpsons. But I, I, I do really enjoy Family Guy too. When, when I was a kid, it was the it was like it was it was like Fox was like the new channel that was showing ran, like interesting shit, and it had The Simpsons on at like seven or seven thirty or whatever. And then in Living Color on at seven thirty or eight, and that was like Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans and all these like people that became gigantic stars. And I liked In Living Color as a kid better than I liked Simpsons. And I never got really into Simpsons, I think, because of that. Because I went way. to the, 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 that, that show, you know. So. I'm with well, you on that. And and the crazy thing is, is that uh, so we have this other show that Jim's got '90s pop or '90s TV shows, and he. And I was like, hey, what's your favorite 90s TV character? And he said Homer Simpson. And I was like, I don't even think that's a 90s. I mean, it technically, it did run the entire 90s, but it's like 
I don't like you could put that in almost like I'm like, is that an 80s show? I remember when it started as the Tracy Ullman show because even when yeah, it was the little was, shorts yeah. and it was the Simpsons already, uh, everything in Iceland was slightly behind. So in 89, we had the Tracy Ullman show <laughs> in Iceland. So I was like, this is so when I came to America, like, and I was like seven, eight, and it was like hot, and I was like, this is the Tracy Ullman, but better, gra- better animation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, my love for The Simpsons was because every day after school at like 5.30, I think it was, Fox 32 had The Simpsons on at 5.30 and 6, I think, and then Home Improvement on after that, reruns, like yeah, yeah. all throughout school. So that's that's why Gems is a Lions fan, because of Tim Toomey. No, <laughs> Everyone else in his it. family is Packers fans, so there's got to be something. I still haven't figured it out. But Everybody else in my family are Cubs fans, too. I am the only Sox fan. Oh, you're the, yeah, I like that. You're the outlier. I love that. That's right. So, all right. I, Beef, let's get, let's, let's, uh. All let's right, see one, what, let's see what you dialed for the first pick. For 1-1, one, one, I got to, I got to go first with my manager pick. Okay. And it's just because it's so clear and obvious to me that that this is a guy that needs to be on the Beef Loaf squad. And that's legendary Baltimore Orioles manager Earl Weaver. If you've never heard the two- or three-minute clip on uh, Coach's Corner or Manager's Corner or whatever it is on YouTube, you should go check that out right now. But recently I just did a blog because I was leafing through Earl Weaver's managing book, and I found an excerpt where he like basically curses out Steve Stone and calls him an idiot. And so you cannot buy – there's no managers like this today that not only have great success but will just, like, kill someone, a famous someone. I mean, obviously, Steve Stone won a Cy Young. It's not like he was some scrub. And Earl Weaver just bodied him in this entire page of, a, of, of his a book that he put out. Like, oh, Steve Stone didn't learn, and we had to let him become a loser, and I called him a loser, and, like, all this shit. So Earl Weaver, easy one-one for me. It's extra gangster that it was in a book, too. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Like now you get that on like podcasts, like people are like, "Oh, this guy sounds like now they like wrote it in a book, and you, he actually literally has to like read it." Like someone was like, "Hey, did you see he wrote something?" It's like motherfucker, I gotta go buy that book now. <laughs> All right, well, I mean that's a that's a solid pick. Um, I'm gonna go with my announcer first. Um, I'm gonna take Bob Euchre. Oh, nice pick. I like it. I, you can tell I li- watched Major League when I was five. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Call back to the beginning of the show. <laughs> I, I heard that he likes to like hit the dump button and like talk all kinds of shit and then and then unrelease the dump button and then get back to the broadcast. I had heard someone was telling me that the other day. They're like, it's unreal. Like he, he loves to like he'll hit it and talk a bunch of stuff and swear and everything, and then he'll undo it and then get right back to what he was doing. I remember <laughs> hearing a story about that after the Tom Brenneman stuff. Oh yeah. That oh, Tom okay, yeah. is like the goat at dumping himself talking. He was like, he was like <laughs> I think the way that it had to be on the score. That's mostly what I listened to in the car. But uh, they were like telling a story, be like, oh, ground ball to second, and they hit the dump buttons, be like, look at the tits on that girl in the front row. And then, like, without skipping a beat and just roll right through it. That's hilarious. Now I feel extra good about picking. <laughs> Ridiculous. Gems, uh, Jim, you got back to back here, right? Yeah, I'm gonna. This will be a callback to a previous episode with my left-handed uh, Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna take my batter. Okay. My favorite baseball player, favorite batter of all time, is Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, nice. And then growing gems, up, gems for uh, for Ken Griffey Jr. Did you enjoy 
the fat bloated version that came back to the White Sox in 2008 that I don't know if you knew this because I don't know if you attended any games in 2008. He had the Soul Glow so- song from Coming to America as his walk-up music. <laughs> it was insane. It was just like he's making fun of himself, you know, out there being old. But he had the big throw in the in the, in the blackout uh, game. Yeah. yeah, I was I was excited. I knew he was not Ken Griffey Jr. anymore, but he was like Ken Griffey the fourth at that point. But yeah. <laughs> I still loved it too. I, I was still super excited. I, I'm like, I know he's watched. I don't give a shit. I'm glad he's on my favorite team. I just want to watch him. Well, it's, I mean, Kenny Williams was great about Manny Ramirez, Carl Everett, like eight <laughs> times, and just bringing all these old guys. Like Nelson Cruz will play for the White Sox in 2028 when he's 49 years old. I mean, we just we just spoke about Jonathan Lucroy. I mean, it's kind of funny. man. You guys got Joe Mauer in like five years. You guys are good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a ton. I just <laughs> Kevin Euclid. Yeah. I mean. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. This might be early for my. That's not early, too early for my announcer. Beef Loaf has mentioned him multiple times, so I'm afraid he will take him. But my all-time favorite announcer. Uh, growing up, getting home from school, being a White Sox fan, but living in a house full of Cubs fans, the Cubs run. TV every single freaking day. But Steve Stone was fantastic then. He's fantastic now. He's the probably the best uh baseball announcer. Well, him and Jason Benetti are the best broadcast team I've ever heard. The best duo, yeah, for sure. And and what I like especially now about Stoney, uh you know, Stoney's always been great at analyzing the game and analyzing in a way in which all the fans can understand. All the fans could get his points that he was trying to bring. And he'd also dazzle you by predicting what's going to happen yeah. next or what he thinks might happen. But he's getting also to the point where Benetti's so good at playing with a partner and working to their strengths. Stoney is just so chill and having so much fun. Like, they they have a lot. They genuinely have a lot of fun with each other. You oh, crack yeah. up during the broadcast and you learn stuff. Which is like the best combination, in my opinion. Definitely, so absolutely great pick. And you're right, Gems. I would have fucking picked him. So screw yeah. you for getting him. So Steve Stone, if I didn't say it, I think yeah. it was kind of given away there. <laughs> well, well, now, and I hate to give away, uh, I hate to give away like what I'm d- thinking, but now we know we if Beef is smart, he picks the last pick. He picks is an announcer. The announcer, yeah. You guys, board- announcer. <laughs> you guys okay. are board locked. I, I can wait on my announcer. <laughs> this is how I play Risk. Uh, <laughs> clue. This is how I play Clue. I just eliminate everything, piss my wife off every time because I always. Dude, that was funny that you just said risk because I earlier when you were talking about Goose Island and like you guys, I was like I imagined the stadium as like a board of game of risk and like you guys could be either fought or like join forces and I was like, <laughs> I was like that's pretty. Dude, that, I, is, that is kind of what we did. We did like a little bit leading up to the season about how we hated them and all this stuff, and then we took this great picture of of Treasy's like shaking hands with. With TJ Anarino, who's actually the kind of like their their head of marketing, ex- exploratory marketing, I think is what they call it. But he's a guy with a vision. Let's just put yeah. it that way. And and there's like this great picture of them, like over the because there's like a water thing in the middle, and they're like yeah, holding hands, like shaking hands and shit. You know? By the way, I want any job title that has exploratory in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> like we'll just figure. I'm gonna figure that out. I'm gonna. Um, no, but I also want to say I I know this is baseball themed, but had it not been baseball themed, I was picking Rebecca Lobo as my announcer because I think she's one of oh, the best. I think okay. she's one of the best announcers. Same thing, like you guys were saying about uh, Stone. I was like, she like dumbs it down enough for people who didn't play the game, but also like you learn something from it at the yep. same time. It's like and it's like and also she's just really good with anybody they put her with. It seems like so, but low key, I'm a WNBA fan too. <laughs> nice. 
All right. So, dang, now I got to figure out which. <laughs> I was so wrapped up in you guys explaining that. And I kind of almost got mad, even though I'm not a White Sox fan, that Gems took Ken Griffey Jr. because I feel like him and Frank Thomas were like rivals at the same time. And you should have took Frank Thomas, but whatever. Um, I'm going to take my pitcher, I think. And I'm going to take Tim Lincecum because he was my favorite pitcher all time. Oh, nice. And, and I don't know why I'm not not a Giants fan, but I just love the way that dude pitched. And he's not even left-handed either, which is kind of disappointing. But yeah, well, that's I mean that's bad on you not picking lefty. I but, know. You know the freak. That's what they call him, the freak when he came up because he had this wild motion and he never iced or any of that. And his peak of when he was the best was in, absolutely fucking insane. It was like wow. This yeah. and then well, it kind of went downhill quick after that but uh, regardless he was fucking terrific for uh, uh, the win the window in which the giants were winning some world series too. It, it uh i think of tim lincecum all the time too because my brother like tags me in anything tim lincecum whenever it comes up i don't know why in on facebook so my facebook memories every day every other day has like something tim lincecum in it for some i don't know why but my favorite one is, and i just recently saw it was uh when uh, colorado made marijuana legal and it was like him at a press conference and was like, I'm signing with the Rockies. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Him and Barry Zito together had to be like two of the highest pitching. Ever. I love it. By the way, Barry Zito was also like low key. My second favorite pitcher. <laughs> and he's soft tosser too. I, I like that. You don't see a lot of the soft tossing guys these days. Everyone's a lefty. I almost took him just cause I was like, I almost got to represent the lefties, but I didn't. Andy's a musician. That's like right up your alley. No. Oh, shoot, man. Nice. Yeah, no. You know. All right. <laughs> I should I should I should now I'm now I'm like regretting pick, picking Tim. Let's go. Yeah, you you screwed up right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my pitcher first here on this turnaround. And I'm gonna go with a pitcher who had a tremendous peak. Guy who came up as a young stud. I may have mentioned him earlier in this podcast. He might have gotten a little bit too much into the yayo, kind of messed up the middle part of his career. Came back a little bit triumphant with the Yankees and had a through a no hitter. I'm gonna go with Doc Gooden because Doc Gooden was like, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable! I can't believe there is a pitcher like this when I'm like eight or nine years old." Like the kid, he's 19 or he's 20 years old and he's dominating the major leagues. And it's like I can't even even now I can't even conceptualize how someone can get to the majors by 19. Like, how do they get through? They're not even done with high school, barely. And it's like, you're you're up there and 60,000 people and you're you're striking out 18 guys in that game. So, I mean, Doc Gooden's always been kind of that unbelievable. It's like that era of athlete to me, like, you know, obviously it was Jordan. But it, watching Jordan go against, like, Dominique Wilkins. Like, Dominique Wilkins was an, outs- an incredible athlete. It's like, this guy's like the eighth best player in the NBA. It's like, holy shit. Like, what, what am I watching as a kid, you know? So... That couldn't uh, easily my pitcher. By the way, I feel bad that he got caught up with the Yayo. He probably would have been one of the greatest of all time. But yeah, uh, by the way, are you are you a comedy fan? Do you know stand up comedy at all? I do not. No. Uh, there's a there's a comedian Theo Vaughn, and uh, he's uh-huh. he's sober now, but he's like real country. But he his entire story about like why he stopped doing coke was he showed up to like a radio interview after like a bender, and uh, Daryl Strawberry was there, and he was like, I knew it was bad when Daryl Strawberry was less fucked up than I was. Oh, <laughs> so so that, meant, that caused him to like quit cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, those 86 Mets were wild. I mean, that whole yeah. team, Strawberry and, and Keith Hernandez and, and Lenny Dykstra. I mean, like once you start naming down the roster, you're like, 
wow, these guys are all a mess. Like, what the heck is yeah. going on? They with had you, fun. Bro? Yeah, they, they had fun. <laughs> <laughs> they did have fun. There's no question about it. Heck yeah. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, it's got to be like your favorite team of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember being a kid watching and like seeing them and it's like, oh, man, that's a cool team right there, man. They got all these <laughs> dominant pitchers and then they got Daryl Strawberry smashing home runs. And even like their bench players were pretty good. Like Kevin Mitchell ends up being a really good player somewhere else. But he's like, this is just a guy you bring in off the bench. You know, <laughs> they got a guy on the team named Mookie. I mean, who, yeah. who, has, a new, who has a Mookie? You know, the White Sox are they need a Mookie or something like that. You know, like I guess we have a Yerman to take place for the Mookie, but you need a good nickname guy. So that's anyway. true. Scott Gooden's my my pitcher, like and uh, for my hitter, I mean, I was so tempted to go with one of the extremely like roided out guys who you're like that guy's no like I, I here in this spot I should go like Brady Anderson or someone ridiculous <laughs> who's like a say Brett Boone, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's a total <laughs> Roy monster who you know. But I don't know if people who if they if they just like if you just put up a graphic of the draft and like the fuck he picked that guy for no one's gonna get it so i'm gonna go i'll just go with the all-time greatest white Sox, and that's frank thomas since gems didn't pick him he fucked up i will take his spot and i will i will select frank thomas as my hitter right i like it i like that frank thomas by the way uh actually like one of the first games i actually can remember going to was the kansas city royals versus the white Sox, and uh that dude that man was massive like i mean and i, and I don't and i'll be honest i don't think frank thomas on the roids we've had this discussion I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think him or Griffey did the roids. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. Like, I think they would have been like Barry Bonds level esque because they were so good that like if they took the roids, they would have hit like eighty four home runs. Yeah, but, you would have had a you would have had a Frank Thomas hitting four hundred season. Yeah. If, if you know, like that that type of right. shit. Right. Well, and they would have both been healthy if they just did That's, steroids. They would have stayed healthy. Right. And I thought for sure when you were saying a callback to earlier that you talked about your pitcher, I thought you were going to draft Steve Stone as your pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shut shit! Up. I should. <laughs> That's how shut I'm. I'm surprised. By the way, Gems still has his pitcher left. I won't be surprised if Gems drafts Steve Stone twice. <laughs> Gems, I, you know what? I already had it out there. I had the '70s Orioles. I should have just went straight '70s Orioles and all that. I, I, I screwed this up, you know. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say one of those uh, when you were talking about Dwight Gooden and, and being like uh, that. Frank Thomas reminded me in that game, uh, though a walk off home run by Bob Hamlin. I don't know if you guys remember Bob Hamlin. I remember, yes. That, yeah. Like that's how you know baseball. That's a callback to earlier. Anyone can play baseball. And you see Bob Hamlin, you're like, anyone can play this sport. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Didn't look athletic at all. <laughs> so, oh man. So I got my uh, I got my announcer and my pitcher. All the I don't have to pick a batter because you guys already took batters. <sighs> Shit, what do I have left? Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with staple food. I'm gonna be the first one with food off the board. And I pro- and it's gonna probably I don't know if it's gonna be like met with good regard, but I'm gonna take shelled peanuts. Oh, I love shelled peanuts. Absolutely, okay. it's a classic. I got to get them every time I go to the ballpark. You know what's funny uh, about about that is at Sox Park you can bring in a certain amount of food. And yeah. my buddy, my Sox summer, he always brings he he'll have a satchel or he used to in the old days. We have a satchel of Costco <laughs> shelled peanuts, and he'd have just like this feed bag where we're all reaching in there like, hey, give me. And you, everyone's like, oh, it's just peanuts. Fuck that. There's shells everywhere in our section. It's like people love peanuts and beer. Like, <laughs> my, I don't, I don't know if I have like an unhealthy like uh, relationship with uh, shelled peanuts because like being at the ballpark all the time, I know, and I would, even when I played, I had shelled peanuts. I know a lot of people went sunflower seeds. I would just eat peanuts while I was playing. Okay. But like, um, but like my dad, I just remember like the first time I ever thinking about 
actually going out to a restaurant. My dad was like, we're going to go to a nice restaurant. Like, it's going to be sweet. The restaurant my dad took us to was a place where you could throw shelled peanuts on the floor. Like, Logan, so, Roadhouse. so I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know if it's just like my upbringing, but like shelled peanuts. Sounds all, fun. <laughs> all the way. If my wife wouldn't murder me, I'd, I'd after this podcast, I'd go out to my kitchen, eat shelled peanuts and throw them on the floor, but she'd <laughs> I'd be dead. That, but, you know what? That's good content. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Video. You get a video, video on that. Yeah. <laughs> get, some video. Yeah, get a video of that for sure. So I need a pitcher, but that'll be last. Manager, food. So I'm going to go with my food too. And I like a brat with the, like the seared, not seared, uh, sauteed onions. Oh, yeah. There's no question. That's like my favorite thing every time I go to the stadium. And like, Guaranteed rate, the cell, Comiskey, whatever you want to call it, Sox Park, has the best food. Oh, absolutely. absolutely! Not only do they have all the, like, interesting stuff that other ballparks don't have, they do the staples so well, man. They do the, the Polish with the – and they're talking about the brats, always terrific. They got the Italian sausage. Like, they have all the encased meats done properly. The grilled – like, that's the smell I want when I walk in the ballpark. Those grilled onions, I got that coming right up my gigantic nose. That's my favorite thing to, to ingest when I walk in there. It's one of my favorite things about ballparks. Uh, and since I've never been to the Chicago White Sox baseball park, uh, what's the weirdest fucking food menu that you can think of that's in the park? Oh, I mean, they, they've got uh, – they have elotes. You know, elotes is just like, you know, corn and like some uh, cream or whatever. I mean, they, they've got – on the club levels, they've got all kinds of weird shit, like sandwiches and ice cream. They Actually, they do a helmet Sunday. It's a it's a helmet, and nice. it's like it's like eighteen bucks, and you know like they do all these different fries. They do like Irish fries, and and they last year they had a fry where they had they'd have beef from the beef sandwich, and then jardinera in there. Like they they'll do all kinds of stuff, like nice. uh, sweet potato fries, bacon like on that. a stick or something. Bacon <laughs> on a stick. I mean, it's five bucks, but it's good. I I love bacon on a stick. I will get a bacon on a stick. Nothing like having a nice. Big piece of bacon to, to gnaw on while you're in between sips of your beer. I, I feel like I feel like they missed the boat with that though. They should add like they should have got like a beef stick and then put the bacon on the beef stick. That's like the <laughs> they don't want, just they don't want to cross the flavors. They oh, just okay, want to leave you, the, the simplicity of the bacon. <laughs> That's the thing though. You like they'll hand it to you and it's in foil, but you burn your fucking hand trying to make that thing. It's like damn. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> so I guess next I'll go with my manager and. Trying to avoid going like super soxy, spread my wings a little bit. So I love watching Braves games, another superstation team, and seeing Bobby Cox get ran out of games like yes. uh, four times a week. So Bobby Cox. Love Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox is my best. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a badass. I like <laughs> Yeah, who is the who is the Mets coach that uh, that put on like the fake mustache? Bobby Valentine. Um, yeah, I was just like thinking. Of that. Yeah, he was in disguise. Yeah, that shit's funny <laughs> as hell. Um, I always think about that because like we had I, I don't know why but like two of the places we lived we because for some reason military bases and I I need to like literally make like a like a documentary about this but military bases are always right next to a goddamn freaking uh, minor league stadium like usually really? a triple it seems like it everywhere we went minor league stadium so i saw a bunch of minor league players coming up we were next to the uh mets uh minor league teams twice so it was like i don't know i always i kind of followed the mets a little bit so like when they had bo- like uh bobby uh, not bobby Abreu. uh who's the big dude 
he was like a big Hawaiian guy. I can't think of his name now, but Benny Agbani. Benny Agbani. And uh, and then uh, and they, and they had a they had a pitcher too at the time too, and they played for the uh, Norfolk Tides, and like they would just hang out outside of the ballpark after the game. They'd sign everybody's autographs. It was like, but it was funny. Like he was a dude who was, he would like play Tamagotchi. He like I remember like this is a crazy off the rail story, but I was outside and I was like fourteen, and the pitcher who uh, Octavio Dotel, that's who it was. Yeah, I remember um, him. He was like signing autographs, and I was like trying to get his autograph. He's like one of the few players I didn't have an autograph for. And my brother's an artist, so he like draws pictures of the players too. So he has like a like stacks of stacks of like minor league players. Some of them like Vladimir Guerrero, like guys that like made it on and stuff. But um, Octavio Tell was like I was sitting next to him. I was just trying to get him to sign my ball, and like he was like signing other people's. And he was like, "Hey, he's like, uh, he's like my Tamagotchi's about to die." He's like, "Will you feed it?" And he handed me his Tamagotchi egg, and I'm like feeding something. <laughs> <laughs> just, the most random, just the most random shit like ever you're like why does he have a tamagotchi egg <laughs> that's wild yeah so that's why i love baseball that you can get so many random ass stories out of baseball um shit who am i missing you what? need a batter and yeah. a, a manager, manager. Uh, and both of those are you guys already picture so i get i get free mm-hmm. reign um all right, I'm going to take my manager first, and I'm going to take Jim Leland. Not only because I'm a Tigers fan, but because, I I mean, he's just a classic. Jim Leland. Is that going, remember- going in the tunnel to, to hit the heater? Yeah. Get a heater? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and low-key, low like one of my favorite players all-time played for him as well, uh, uh, Jose Chico Lind when he was at the Pirates. I love okay. him. I, second baseman. I don't know why he was one of my favorite players. but Didn't, didn't we figure out one podcast that – Jim Leland is younger than Tony Larusa or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, I, I believe it. I mean, he he looks like hell because of all the smoking, but he, I believe it. Because yeah. I think he was he was an assistant for Larusa when he was with the Sox the first time. I'm pretty sure before he became a manager with the the Pirates and obviously the Tigers later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I wouldn't be surprised. And yeah, we were shocked. We were. I don't know why we were both shocked, but we were. We were like, because I, I think I thought one of them was dead. I don't know. I can't remember. It was like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead. I forgot. We were, yeah, we were, I think we were like four. We were talking about four different people. And I was like, I, I think he's dead. And then he was oh, like, no, you know, if he dies tomorrow, it's your fault. Right? Yeah, I, I, I will go on the internet and blame you. By the, by the way, I will. And I'll feel bad about it too. Cause, <laughs> How man, dare you? Man, we can't lose Jim. Oh, you can't, lose. can't use a, lose a treasure like that. No, no. All right. Can't. So I've got back to back here. Mm-hmm. I've got my beverage and I've got my announcer. So, well, it could be food, but it's not going to be food. It's going to be. Beverage. By the way, I'm a stats guy, so I feel bad earlier. I definitely thought you had the last pick, but you don't because I'm stupid. So oh, I swing around. I See, just the fi- to correct that. Correct. I, that. I, I knew it because I've seen people do the five one, and it it doesn't line up right. You need an even number of picks, yeah. in order for me to get back around uh, at last. So I took advantage of you guys. I'm sorry, but I just I know these drafts. So anyway, uh, <laughs> my my uh, my my food beverage pick. Is going to be a, a favorite, and not just because I'm contractually obligated to talk about <laughs> Goose Island beer, but I'm going to choose the Next Coast IPA by Goose Island. Okay, uh, not it's one, it's my favorite ballpark beer, not only because it's delicious, but because it's like a sneaky seven percent IPA, and so you get kind of buzzed up a little quicker than you're expecting. But for me, during the summer. That's kind of what I want to hit. We call them the heaters in the ballpark. Oh, we're going to have heaters tonight. And we start drinking those. And it's like 
you know, then I then we don't know what the final score was when we leave the ballpark. That's that's the kind of good time we're gonna have with the next coast IPA. So uh one one of my favorite IPAs. I mean it's good when you can like low key get a nap in the fifth inning and then just come back. <laughs> it's zone, zone back into the game. Yeah, you're like Okay. And you like grab a handful of uh dudes peanuts and then just, uh, Exactly. <laughs> I'm also glad we could set a draft up where you could plug something. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Glad I can glad I could force my sponsor on your podcast. I'm sorry. Hey. Feel free to cut that if you need to. No, no, uh, no. It's, you're you fine. Bye. And then you dub over beer. And then it, and it goes. <laughs> By the way, low key Goose Island, if you want to send me a free six pack, I'll take it. I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I most likely Tone will clip that and <laughs> no. well it's funny because our other draft, and I don't know if Gems ran it by you, but we were gonna do a, a alcoholic beverage draft was yeah, our yeah, first thought. Yeah. So yeah. So it would have worked would have worked either way. Do a booze draft? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that I mean booze would work too. I mean we I don't know what directions we've gone there. I would have to take better notes because I like you know I there's a lot of different stuff. It's 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 wide, you know, a wide net there. Um, I like I like how you were like it's a wide net for alcoholic beverages. The sport of baseball has been around for like a hundred billion years, not as wide of a net. Narrow that one. Well, I knew I knew this was gonna like so. I, I you're correct, but you're also wrong here, Tom. Because in a draft like this, you're gonna yeah. go with only people who are great and characters. That is true. They gotta be characters too, it's like because you gotta have a story to like bring it out. With with booze, it's wider because you don't know what people drink, and then like someone has a story about the time that they got super sick. Drinking pucker shots, that'll be me. And then, yeah. uh, you know, we, we, and, and, by the way, we all got that. Mine's uh, <laughs> mine's Goldschlager, but <laughs> Atta boy, Jens, <laughs> Jens, you might as well finish that story up. What's yours? Uh, Jose Cuervo. Okay, <laughs> so the stand. But was that a was that a was that a Gems night? <laughs> no, that was like the second time I'd ever drank. The first time I ever drank was Jose Cuervo. I was seventeen. <laughs> We had a tennis party because I was I was a tennis I was on the tennis team and we all oh. got together and drank. Tennis, and then, tennis parties apparently were ragers. Yeah, no, they actually <laughs> were. And then uh, the second time, I was like, "Oh, that went down so easy the first time." I'll just drink a bunch of that. So I did, and the very last one I did, I had overfilled the shot, so I sipped just a little bit off the top, and I was done. <laughs> I, I can drink tequila and a margarita, or like randomly if somebody buys a shot at the bar, but oh. that's it. Yeah. No, everyone. Yeah, but you're right though. Everyone has that one. <laughs> Everyone's got that story you can always bring up. But I mean, it's all, all it's always good when you can throw up gold flakes, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes it interesting. That's what you shoot for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, my uh, announcer pick, and you know, he, this this pick is a uh, popular in some crowds and not so popular in others. But I like when an announcer can make up their own language. And have an entire fan base talking in a way in which they talk. And they created a character that everyone kind of knows and, and embodies. Okay, And I know the ass end of his career was not great. But you know what? We all fade off. All right? So I'm going to go with Hawk Harrelson because I grew up with the Hawk. I still speak Hawk. You know, not as fluently as I used to when he was in the booth. But I still, you know, hang with him and all that bullshit. I, that, you know, or stretch. I'll jump out of my, off my couch. Stretch. And I, I, don't, I don't know why, because I've heard Hawks say for 30 years. Yeah, exactly. You know, So nope. I got I to gotta go Hawk Carroll. I loved Hawk as a kid, but you're right. The last, like, Stoney was, like, crutching him to the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was sad. It was as not he, a good. Has, I haven't heard a word out of him any sort of way since he retired, really. 
you know, he's he's been on, I think he's been on Garfine's podcast a couple times, and you know, occasionally you'll see blurbs like in the, in the paper, like they interviewed Hawk about some situation. Or I saw some stuff about uh, him talking about Ricky Renteria, about how he did such a good job bringing these young guys along and th- th- had them loving each other in the clubhouse. And some well, shit he like kind that. of pissed about Tony LaRusso. He's like, I fucking fired that guy 30 years ago. He's like, what are you bringing him back for? What the fuck? <laughs> Some of the stories from that era are wild about how that how much they hated each other in, in like that, that era. I remember when Tony Larusa got got hired. I think Gems was pissed about it on this podcast. I was kind of <laughs> pissed. Well, I wanted uh, that fucking catcher from the Tigers. What? Uh, who was the? Well, he was. He used to be a catcher. Uh, he was the Astros manager. Oh, AJ oh, Hinch. Yeah, AJ Hinch. Yeah. AJ Hinch. Yeah. I mean, you AJ Hinch was popular out there. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I, I actually, me personally, I didn't think Ricky did a bad job. I could see Trent wanting to upgrade as you get kind of closer to the thing, and you think, okay, we're going to really do something here. When they hired Larusa, it was extremely underwhelming, and everyone everyone leans on the well, he's a Hall of Fame manager. And it's like, you know, you don't forget how to manage. And I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, when I was 17, I could dunk a basketball. I didn't forget how to do it. I just can't do it anymore. Okay? So maybe he can't manage either. So we're going to find out either way. You know? I mean, I I think it would have been funny if you guys – you wanted Hinch? You wanted, like, a cheater? You wanted, you wanted some – I want a winner. You want... Why didn't you they're bring all, back Ziggy in then? They're all fucking I, cheaters. I would have, I, to be honest, <laughs> if they would have brought Ozzy back, I would have been on board. A lot of people would have yeah. would have liked that. I, the only thing I didn't like about Ozzy – is in those post-game shows, you could tell Ozzy was pining for the job. So he would go after Ricky because it's like he wanted to fucking be in the dugout. I was like, I had to stop watching it because I'm like, I can, I know what you're trying to do here. Like, I can't watch this shit. You know, I like, think the only shot he had is if Kenny, like, moved on to a different franchise. I, I think you're right, Gems. I think that's I think it's a non-negotiable until something like that would occur. And truth be told, as much as I liked Ozzy back then, it's been a decade. No one's hired him. So it's yeah. not just the Sox. It's a market effect of, right. of what Ozzy has done that the teams just ain't that interested, I guess. So. I honestly thought after Robin Ventura, it was going to be like Paul Canerco or somebody that was going to manage. I thought he was just going to keep going down, which speaking of Paul Canerco, I have the statue from Paul Canerco Day. Except I Oh, yes. He broke the arm. That's. No, I think I'm going to say this. 88% of the Paul Canerco statues from Paul Canerco Day are broken. <laughs> My life. So I had a like a seven game season ticket or pack yeah. that year. And that was one of the games I picked. And it was on my wife's birthday, who's a Cubs fan. And I made her wait in line on this like 90 degree day. It was hot as balls in a packed stadium. Like it was full. It was. It was absolutely the game started like two hours late. She was so pissed. By the way, this is why Jim's wife doesn't want to make pie holes. <laughs> well, she got to wait in line to make the pie hole too. She's, she's harboring feelings from Paul Canerco. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, speaking of Paul Canerco, because I know Jim's favorite player is Paul Canerco. I feel like. Oh, I'm. I'm surprised. By the way, I'm also surprised. Ricky. Yeah. No. My favorite. I'm saying. I have a favorite pitcher. My all. My all time favorite player is probably the pitcher. Okay, and that's who you're going to take last, and I know that, but. Um, I'm I'm trying to decide between Jose Lind because I love Chico Lind. Also, I love Nomar Garcia Pera for some reason. I I mean, he was like just one of my favorite players of all time. Um, 
Damn, I don't know. I, Ho- so Jose Lynn Pirates is like is like Sid Bream, uh-huh. Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds, those pirates, right? Yeah, those yeah. pirates were really good. <laughs> and the Braves just nipped them a couple times in those NLCSs. That's a shame. Yeah, it's wild. I was like, man, I was like, the Sid Bream slide, though. I mean, God. Um, but yeah, I, I literally don't know which way to go because I have so many favorite players, and they're all favorite players for so stupid reasons. Um, I feel like I should go lefty, though. Um, I don't know. Can I skip my pick and let Jim's pick his and then come back to my pick? Pressure's um, <laughs> on. I'm going to call a clock. Damn. Yeah, that's right. Do it. Dude, I mean, it's it's bad. Um, Man, I want to go with like somebody who's like terrible, too. But um, so I'm trying to keep my keep my lineup. Man, I have no clue. Um, there's too many players. Um, can I go with? I'm gonna go with the White Sox. How about I go with the White Sox? I'm gonna go with Albert Bell nice. because nothing Ooh, gets, nothing like gets old of Albert Bell knocking freaking Fernando. Is it Fernando Vinas who knocked yeah. over? Yeah, Albert Bell. That's my. That's what I'm going with. Classic. <laughs> I Albert Bell also, when he's with the Orioles, he gets hit by a pitch, and he do- he doesn't want to go to first. He's like, I know, yeah. I want the pitch to be. <laughs> that that happened last night in the Cubs game, game, actually. Not not that he didn't want to go to first, but their catcher got hit in like right here on the, and his batting helmet flew off, and he just did a spin and just walked to first base. And my wife was like, "Oh, it looks so brutal," and I was like, "Yeah, he's probably got a headache, but he's like, fuck that, I'm not going down." That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty funny. So. Tone's probably right. I was trying to think of somebody else to choose, just but my so my all-time favorite White Sox, my all-time favorite pitcher, left-handed. Anybody that can smash a bunch of beers in the clubhouse and then go get a save in the World Series, Mark Rose. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's uh, there was always something satisfying about watching a Mark Burley start because it would go so quick. And he he's up there, and he looks like he's not really like that great of an athlete. He can't throw hard, but whatever he does, combination of all the shit he does, he makes it work. And like, and and back to the non-athlete thing, I was at opening day when he made that play where he fucking scooped the ball between his legs with the glove. It's like yeah. watching that. It was like I was like Bugs Bunny's eyes popping out of his head, like seeing <laughs> that shit. I was like, wait, what? What just happened here? You know? I I guess I could have also mentioned he's thrown two. One perfect game and the other no hitter of facing the minimum. Fucking yeah. walk with Sammy Sosa. And then he picked him off, right? He picked him off. Yeah, that's right. Was he was Burley the one that got the uh was it a perfect game or no hitter with uh the catch over the wall? That was, that was the perfect, perfect game. game. Okay, that was perfect yeah, game. Nice. Wise caught it in like the, the top of the the one out in the top of the ninth yeah. or something. That yeah. shit was that shit was crazy. That was that's insane. I was late for work because I was listening to that in the car. <laughs> Side story on that, Dwayne Wise had been out earlier in the season with a separated shoulder, and he still recklessly went to the wall for that catch. Like, the, the balls on that guy to do that shit. I was like, I caught, Yeah, I like Dwayne Wise. I caught a batting practice home run barehanded from him. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, the next time we went to a game, I was like, I don't need to bring a glove. I caught one barehanded last time, and I don't remember who hit it, but somebody rocketed one out there, and I tried to catch it, and my hands hurt the entire game, and I dropped it. <laughs> Dwayne Wise is like the perfect fifth outfielder. He cover all the outfield <laughs> spots. Lefty, you can kind of hit, but not really. Like he was like the perfect like last guy on your team. Those are like the best guys ever. Like you're like you shouldn't be in the major leagues, but you should. But you kind of <laughs> sh- 
shouldn't. Well, there's an unfortunate set of <laughs> years where that was the White Sox lineup was a bunch of fifth outfielders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alejandro Deaza was the center fielder and leading off. Hey, hit yeah. two home runs on opening day one year. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, his mediocreness. <laughs> but I almost picked Joey Cora as my uh, as my favorite player just because uh, I wanted. To, I I don't know why I like Joey Cora, but that was a World Series baseball nineteen ninety six. He was pretty good. I don't know. I, I, I never was like a big fan of like the superstars. Like I was just like I'm like I basically liked the guy who was like sixth in the batting lineup and like was kind of okay well i was the same well they were supposed to be good but like my favorite player for the longest time even after he sucked was gordon beckham oh yes gordon oh that gordon brings beckham. back such bad memories I'm hoping he was supposed to be a guy you know i know i'm hoping i don't jinx my current guy it's not super hot at the moment but Who, who's there. that little nicky Oh yeah, Nicky's been struggling this year. Yeah, he'll be all right. He makes a lot of contact. He'll do what he does. You know? I followed him through like Oregon State and stuff too. So like that's the guy I wanted. I mean, he'll, he'll eventually he'll eventually fit. Like I think there's some game speed issues there for him because like the base running is a little off. The yeah. the, the defense is a little off. But like then you'll see him make a play where you're like, yeah, that's where that elite defense is. He made right. that play right, but he, occasionally he's kind of screwed. Pretty sure he played shortstop in college too. So like second base is an adjustment. Yeah, right. You know, and then yeah, he will hit 300. He will be right around 300, if not higher. So, <laughs> I mean, you guys always had a lot of good talent, though. But I think, like you were saying, and I didn't realize until probably this podcast that it's because you guys just brought a lot of dudes in, like when they were late or you had them when they were early prospects and then gave up on them too soon. Yeah, we got Gio Gonzalez <laughs> after he had him before he was good. And then he was good. And then he came back when he was bad. Yeah, he, he just retired, which made me feel extremely old. I'm like, this guy was traded like a bunch of times when he was a prospect that when the last time the Sox were really good. <laughs> that's how that's how I knew I was getting old was when like oh, a lot of the dudes that I played AAU baseball with that played in the pros started retiring, and I was like, <laughs> it's over. Justin Upton hit a home run against the White Sox the other night. Oh, did he? Well, yeah. he was he was a little younger than me though, but his he did play on our AAU team with with BJ Upton though, and David Wright and. Ryan Zimmerman and oh sheesh, that's quite that's a stacked AAU team. That's funny. We we're, we're getting ready to watch the the game the other night. My my wife's like, <laughs> and now obviously Justin Upton's towards the end of his career yeah. now. And my wife's like, Justin Upton's still in the major leagues. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, my wife and I are probably like in our first few years of marriage when he was a nineteen year old phenom coming up. And she's probably like, fuck, this has been like half our lives. And this guy's still fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild, dude. It's crazy though. I think it was Justin Upton's year. I have to remember, but like, so um, the first like three draft picks were like I had played with, and they were all like from all over the area. So like one of them was Verlander, one of them was uh, uh, Justin Upton, and then the other one was Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon, I played little league with in Nebraska, and then okay. uh, Justin Verlander played at ODU, and we played against ODU. So I played against them, and then okay. Justin Upton was on our. AAU team. So I was like, I played against wow. them. I was like, that's so weird. Those all all those dudes were just so. But Alex, by the way, Alex, Alex Gordon. I thought of Alex Gordon when you said Gordon Gordon Beckham because I was like, Alex Gordon didn't live up to his promise either. But still pretty good though. Yeah, still had a good, good career. Yeah, but like, I mean, didn't like Keith Olbermann buy like his like rookie card for like two million dollars or some shit like that? <laughs> I'm not aware of that. Some stupid ass shit like that. It was like, oh, he's gonna be the craziest. You're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> but 
Yeah. We went and saw Justin Upton played in because the Diamondbacks were the affiliate in South Bend here for a majority of my like formative years, I guess, up until they switched to the Cubs. But we went to a few games to watch Justin Upton play. And then uh, if my times are lining up right in my head, I'm pretty sure going to a Justin Upton game was the reason I met Emmett Smith at B-Dubs in South Bend. I think oh, it was yeah. we went to go watch him play, and then we just went to B-Dubs afterwards, and Emmett Smith was there. F- fucking butterfly effect, damn. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Did, were, was was the minor league team for the White Sox at one point the Chattanooga Lookout? Or am I uh, making that up? That, that could be. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I know. They were the South Bend Sox at one point, and then they went to the Diamondbacks, and now the Cubs. Yeah. I always find it weird when like the teams aren't close. Like we, so in Colorado Springs, we had the Triple A team for the Rockies, and the yeah. Rockies just then they just dipped, and then we had like the Single A team for the Brewers. And I was like, that first off makes no sense. How did you go from a Triple A team to a Single A team? Yeah, and then also, are. and then also, like I mean, sweet logo that they changed the logo. They're the ones that have like they're like the s'more guy. It's, that it's, is a, cool. it's, a, it's a hot logo, but like, yeah, I'm like, first off, uh, but if you're the Rockies, why wouldn't you do everything you could to keep your far- closest farm system close? Like, it's, it's an hour drive. Than, it's a lot That's... better than fucking North Carolina for everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also sense. the Rockies are playing at altitude. Why wouldn't you want your AAA team also playing at altitude yeah. to be used to the, the effects of this? You know? Yeah. Weird. That's why that's that's the funniest thing about being my wife being a Cubs fan is my wife hates uh, uh, Chatwood when he was there because because like he we watched him play in like triple a and just get smoked every i don't know why it was every time we would go we could go to 10 games in two weeks every time we went chat would be pitching for some reason i don't know why <laughs> like chat was pitching again like, like and he'd always get shelled <laughs> but that's what you love about baseball you gotta love it. well i think it is well it's 9 10 so they might have already done first pitch but Probably about time to wrap yeah. this thing up. By the way, we just Joe Rogan this podcast with you. You're the longest <laughs> guest so far. So feel free to cut whatever you need to nope, to get down to anything. a reasonable size. But nope. this is kind of the amount of uh, yarn I'm used to spinning. So I love it, it. felt great, and that was really fun. I really enjoyed the hell out of that. That was great. <laughs> yeah, you guys, really you guys are a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> thank you. Well, that means a lot because uh, uh, like just in the small amount I've listened to your podcast, you guys obviously know what you're doing, and I know Gems is a huge fan. So. So uh, it definitely that. definitely means a lot to us. Um, speaking of that, the last thing we'll do: where's where can everyone find you on your personals, and then also your podcast and everything else you want to? Oh, sure, absolutely. So you can find the Beef Loaf personally on Twitter at Mister Delicious Thirteen. So M R D E L I C I O U S one three, and then you can find all one hundred eight stuff at from the one hundred eight spelled out F R O M T H E one zero. 108 uh, numerals and then from the 108.com we have a merch store there we've got a podcast we've got uh, a blog obviously we also do the sunday soak which the first episode of the sunday soak is going to be coming up april 11th it'll be the first home sunday game before that game we'll be in there doing the sunday soak we usually take questions uh so that'll be out there on twitter we'll make sure you hashtag it sunday soak for that uh yeah. so yeah all, all your 108 needs go to from the 108.com <laughs> awesome well, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. I'll let Jim's finish out with whatever he has. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on. Keep up all the, I'm sure the 108 tournament's going to end up, I know the 108 is the number for it, but like you could have 
216 or 432 like it could keep growing and like it wouldn't even lose a beat it's awesome you know, gems were thinking about that so hit me up in the dms what do you what do you think how high should the number go for that that tournament we've been thinking about expanding past 100 and gems gems's answer is going to be however high for him to be an entry <laughs> i don't, don't want to be like a, like a homeless entry i want to like earn it that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's what you mean. playing game. As, <laughs> as big as White Sox Twitter is, I would just throw another zero past the eight. Just make it a thousand. <laughs> It'll go on for like four months. It starts on New Year's Eve. That's when we start the tournament. We, we start just like pulling random people that are like, like Mike Caruso has like seven Twitter followers. <laughs> You're in. You're in a playing round. Yeah, get Gordon yeah. Beckham's niece or something. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Beckham's niece. It's terrible. Oh uh, man, the, just a Nutrigenics bottle, like just <laughs> yeah, big hurt beer. <laughs> you know, whatever. Awesome. Uh, no, but we appreciate it. Yeah, this has been awesome. I literally, it, you know, it's good when you don't want it to end. But we appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, fellas. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Well,